It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, y'all? Happy weekend. It's Morgan hanging out here with y'all, and this is the best bits of the week. In case you are a first-time listener, what I do is break down the show from this week, sharing my top seven choices along with all the engagement you guys had. It's it's kind of like a combination of the two, but as we found out, uh, the best part about this podcast is when I bring on show members and we talk about random things. That's definitely the best part. And this weekend, I'm bringing on Amy. Hey, hey. Happy to be here. Yeah. It's been a minute. It has. And we got a lot to talk about, especially after the week you've had. I mean, we had George Strait. We didn't get to talk about the shot. So I definitely want to talk about that, too. Even though that happened on last week's Best Bits, I still want to touch on it. Oh, I'm still recovering from that. I know. We got lots to say, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get started. Coming in hot at number seven, Raymundo awarded someone in country music with the biggest truck. Now, There's a lot of things in country music, so I thought it'd be fun if we just awarded some random material things awards to other country music artists together. Okay, I can do that. Yeah? Okay, so we got the first one. Who has the best style? Uh, Karen Fairchild, Little Big Town. Oh, so good. Yeah, hands down. I get dressed with her in mind. If I have an event and she's going to be there, I dress to impress Karen. Nobody else, it doesn't matter. If Karen compliments my outfit, I freak out and feel like, job well done. I way to go high five myself or totally whoever agree. she also me. has her own like shop in Nashville too right oh I don't know Hemline? Does she? Oh, that hers? is it I thought so. I go to Hemline I did not know that I, I don't know if it's maybe she's a partner yes something like that makes a lot of sense literally I'm not even joking the sweater I'm wearing right now I got a Hemline yeah yeah I'm pretty positive like don't quote me on that but I'm well, pretty let positive me just, she's you keep associated. talking and I'll look it up well and I will talk about another one and you know sorry all the guys in country music but I think another one who has really awesome style is Casey Musgraves. Oh yeah. Just so different. No, so good style. So fun. And she just puts herself out there in her style and in music. So like she's somebody I love to follow and wish I could wear her outfits like in normal day life, but I can't because they're yeah. you know they're perfect for touring, but not for not so coming much to like, the office. Or going yeah, going out to <laughs> eat you might be like, okay, a little much. Yeah. Did you find it? Did yeah, it I'm up? not seeing anything, but Either way. Maybe it's a question we ask next time we see her, but I do think she is associated with it somehow. I can see that because they do have super cute things. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Who has the cutest pet or pets? Oh, I do. Well, Karen's dog is pretty cute. (laughs) I can't, I guess I can't hand out all the awards to Karen. She's getting lots of love. Um, But Brett Eldridge's dog, Edgar, is something, something, uh, someone is a pet, a something or a someone. I mean, it could Um, be either. That comes to mind. Because he's just so cute. I don't know that he posts about him as much, but when he was a puppy and he first got him, I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, this Edgar dog is so cute. Do you, or Shane McAnally, he is a uh, songwriter and producer and uh, worked with, works with Walker Hayes, but tons of other artists. I mean, he's like very well known in Nashville and his dog, I swear to you, looks like this panda bear dog. What, it is, is it a doodle? Uh, it's what some is it? sort of a doodle. Okay. Can't remember exactly what the mix is, but hands down, he might have the best dog in all of country music, even though he's not an artist, but he's in the business. Well, I mean, on that thing, too, this is another one in country music, but not an artist. It's a wife of a country music. I guess you could put them both together, but Luke and Lena Bryan, they have a farm of animals. Oh, yeah. I feel like they have adorable animals because they just have a supply of yeah. them everywhere on their so, farm. So do you mean Caroline? 
Oh, yes. Because her I, Instagram. I call her Lena because yes. of her Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, because they have Brett's Barn. Yes. And they have all the stuff. So, that's a good point. Caroline and Luke might win because of, like, the donkeys and the all the other cute things yes. that they have. Yes, totally. And I don't even think I've seen all of them. But I've, I've heard they also have some fun exotic animals, too. So, that would be really cool if they do. Oh, yeah, no. I need to go. My kids want to add to our house. And I'm like, yes, we're not a small farm. We live in a house <laughs> in the middle of town. And they we have a dog. We have a cat. We might be getting a hedgehog. They want a bird. My daughter now wants a snake. I, I this has to stop. How do you, how do you feel about no, all this? Do you want not, them? I, I'm okay with maybe the hedgehog and the bird, but I do not want a snake. How how would you? I'm just picturing this right now. You have a dog, a cat, a bird, and a hedgehog just kind of chilling in your house. Well, I don't know. Right now, we just have the dog and the cat, and that's enough for me. The hedgehog is fine. Like it's pretty harmless. And it's very therapeutic for my son. So, but they just poop all the time and pee like on just, you never know when it's going to come out. Birds, they're in a cage. So it's different. But I guess if you wanted the bird out, I saw on Amazon, they have little bird diapers, <laughs> which are like these cute little, it's like underwear, but they make really cute patterns and designs. And it's like your bird is wearing underwear, but it's a bird diaper. Oh my God. So the bird poop just doesn't randomly drop everywhere. They've literally thought of everything I for know. animals. So if I get a bird, I'm going to register for bird diapers for my bird baby shower. <laughs> so. I know. I mean, my great grandma had a lot of birds growing up, so I've experienced those, but they don't smell too bad. I don't know what hedgehogs are like, though, as far as like if they're nocturnal, if they have an odor that kind of comes attached. I, mean, I don't know. All I know is that they respond to whom, like the energy of whoever's holding them. So they'll, if you're calm. They're normally calm. If they feel the anxiety or stress from you, that's when their quills go up. Oh. And then so it's kind of like you learn to stay calm and keep your hedgehog calm. And then it, it's like this whole caretaking, feel safe situation. That's why they use hedgehogs for therapy. It's called hedgehog therapy. You can look it up. But it's kind of yeah. like a little mood animal. It like is. instead of a mood ring, it's a mm-hmm. mood animal. Yeah. It's like, what's your vibe? I did learn when I was getting my dog Remy certified as a therapy dog, they said, whatever you, however you hold the leash, if you are anxious, if you are mad, if you're sad, it flows through that leash. So I think the same thing happens with like most animals and that they listen to how their humans are responding or acting. So like if I'm ever super anxious and I go walk Remy, I can tell that Remy's super anxious. It's like my she's feeding off of my energy just because I'm holding yeah, their on to senses her leash. are like um just I mean if it's humans we pick up on other people's mm-hmm. energy and dogs seem to or no, it's a fact. They're like their sense of smell. There's everything is like heightened, I think, for them because it's a survival thing and they I feel like dogs they want to help take care of us. And yeah. so, yeah, they're, they kind of pick up what we're throwing down. And, um, my dog, I don't know though. I don't, <laughs> she's crazy. I might have one of the craziest wild card dogs ever. Like sometimes she's amazing. And then other times she's just totally bonkers. She, how old is she now? I, we rescued her. So I don't know her exact age, but maybe four, Okay, but she would never be able to get certified as a therapy dog. But not so out of the puppy phase is more what I was looking no. at. Sounds like she is. She's supposed to be. But <laughs> some days, again, she acts like an old dog. And then other days she's a brand new puppy. And I don't know. I just don't know what's going on in that brain of hers. And how is that going with your cat and your dog now? Because I know at first, last time you were on here, we talked about their beginning phases. and Yeah, a like they couldn't be worried. in the same room where I would get scratched and I'd be bleeding and it was awful. And now they can be in the same room. Like it's fine. No problem. They're not cuddling yet, which that's my goal. 
but they're not there yet. The cat's still kind of, <laughs> and like, you know, at the dog, if she gets too annoying, but she's there, they can get in close proximity without it just being mayhem. When you guys leave and nobody's at the house, do you have to keep them separate? No, we oh, used to, awesome. but now they roam freely. The cat, I used to be worried that the dog was going to catch the cat and like eat it, but there is no way that dog is catching that cat. <laughs> she is so fast that we're good. And cats are really stealthy. They'll jump up on things if they need to get out of the way of something coming at them. Yeah. No, I don't even know how she does it sometimes. Is she allowed on your guys' like um, kitchen? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that that's strongly advised against because I don't know they can carry diseases, but I just clean a lot. But I don't know how to keep her off the kitchen counter. And plus, I, I like it. I love that she feels at home and she wants to hang out with us when we're in the kitchen. I just have to be more conscious about constantly wiping down the countertops because when you think about it, it is kind of gross. Well, she uses I mean, a litter box and then she's like all walking our hands around. are on them, too. I mean, everything's gross, right? So as long as you're keeping them clean, that's all I mean, that as humans, our steering wheels are disgusting. Yes. If you're never cleaning that or our keyboards or, you know, if you're flushing your toilet near your toothbrush, you know? Yeah. Like, like we're so just as dirty. Don't so. at me about my cat being on the counter. No. And I feel like when you get a cat, you just kind of accept that this is your lifestyle. Now, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm OK with it. OK. So no. So no more. Um. Animal updates besides that. Do we have any other awards we would like to give out to country music people for very material things? I don't know. Is there a good, like, is there a hair award for Ooh, hair guys? I feel like Dirks Bentley has great, I don't know. I kind of like his longer Colorado look right now. Oh, yeah. His mountain man kind of look yeah. that he's going. Um, Jake Owen is growing his hair back oh, out. Oh, good call. So he played our iHeart Country Festival and his look right now is very OG Jake. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, Jake. And Bobby said he was hands down one of the best performances of the night, if not the best. And I agree. Like he put on an amazing show. I mean, all the artists were great, but Jake was up there with leather pants and this black rhinestone studded jacket (laughs) and long black hair doing his thing. It was great. I do feel like watching him too, just like on, on TV performing, like I feel like he's coming into his own too. Like he was always really good. But now it's like he's figured out exactly what his sound is and what he wants to show off to his fans. Yeah. And I think he's combining it all. Yeah. And his even his vibe, too. He performed on stage with these black dress shoes on and backstage he came off. He's like, dang, I perform much better barefoot. Like I just (laughs) he, you know, Jake barefoot with a rug. That's what you picture. And he said he almost slipped and fell a few times and that he wished he had taken his shoes off. And it's like, well, we would expect that from you. So you don't. Yeah, that's part of the shoes off thing. Yeah. But with leather pants, I'm not sure how that works. I was kind of honestly, I was like picturing the raw scene in Friends where he has on the leather pants and he's like sweating and then the pants are impossible to get off. So then he adds baby powder and water, which makes it a paste, which is way worse. But that's I I was trying to figure out how Jake was going to get his leather pants off after jumping around on stage for 20 minutes, getting all hot and sweaty and then having to go take his leather pants off. That might be TMI. For people, but it wasn't really about Jake taking them off. It was just more picturing that he might have a Ross from Friends situation in the making. It's not often that you see guys wearing black leather pants, right? Like you see women wearing them and we know what we have to do to get those on and off. Can't say that I can really think of anybody. I know. So like imagining a guy doing it is a little different. So now we give out a leather pants award. Yep. Goes to Jake. To Jake. Oh, man. Well, we could be here all day doing these, but we'll let you guys hear Raymundo award somebody in country music with the biggest truck right now. Number seven. Raymundo, our audio producer, would like to present an award right now. Oh. Raymundo, I'm handing it over to you. 
Yeah, so I was in the parking garage, and Abby was opening the garage for somebody, and obviously it's somebody that doesn't work here because everybody else has a key to it, and then the garage goes up, and in pulls in this massive truck. I'm talking, it almost scraped the very top of the garage when it entered in. So did you know it was somebody famous? I assumed it was. Because I, it's that expensive and that big of a truck? There's other big trucks I've seen, Florida Georgia Line, I've seen Scuba Steve's truck. This one was bigger than both those. So you would like to present now the award... For biggest truck in country music. Yes. Wow. I wonder who it is. Oh, any guesses? Yes. You can go in and put them up. We just won't say who it is yet. All right. Go ahead. Didn't I feel like one time you said Keith Urban has a really big truck? Keith Urban has a huge truck. He does? He's got a few cars, but whenever pandemic was fully hitting, Keith and I were going to the Opry, and the Opry was empty, so nobody was driving into the mall or the Opry, where the Opry is. And I was beside this massive truck. And I look over, and it's Keith going, yeah, because he saw me. <laughs> Huge truck. Weird. Yeah, I think he also has, like, a really crazy sports car, too. Okay, that oh, makes yeah, more I'm sense. Sure, but. So, Keith Urban, incorrect, but big truck. Any guesses, Lunchbox? I would say I see Al Dean driving a big truck. I think he probably drives a pretty big truck. Yeah. yeah. Not who it is, though, well, Eddie. Yeah, look, he's got a song. I got that real big, big, big truck. Give me Luke Bryan. Luke has a pretty big truck. That's right. Yeah. Come on. But sure this one is do. bigger. Oh. Bigger? Ray, you'd like to present the award to Chuck Wicks. It was so big, he had to jump out of it like a diesel truck in 18-wheeler. Chuck, congratulations. There he is on the phone right now. Receiving Country Music Truck of the Year, Chuck Wicks. Wow. This is everything I dreamed of. I didn't even I didn't even know what, why I was on the phone. I'm like, oh, I'm winning Truck of the Year award. Yeah, Fantastic. Truck of the Year. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you got over there, buddy? How big's that truck? Well, I, I hate to disappoint all the truck lovers out there because I'm going to give you the facts here. I got a two inch leveling kit with a four inch lift. The reason why I did that is because then you don't have to go outside of the manufacturer to get it worked on. You get to keep your warranty at like the Ford dealership. Then I got 35s for tires. And I think what makes it a little bigger is I have a hood on the back of my truck uh, that's like just bulky looking, and it just looks manly and rough and ready to go. You can put a four wheeler on top of it, and I and then I act like it's bigger than it actually is. So that I think that does a lot too. When you drive a truck that big, do people stare at you constantly on the road? Um, well, not in Tennessee. I think they're common, but I think. Uh, I'm surprised that I won this, I'll be honest, because you know who has the big truck? Who? Kane Brown. Oh, he does have a huge oh, yeah. truck, yeah, oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, he, his his truck is so big, you need a stepladder to get into it. I mean, and for real. What kind of gas mileage you getting on that thing, though? Oh, man, I'm crushing it at 12 miles per gallon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, good thing you're rich and famous, Chuck Wicks, or you wouldn't be able to oh, afford yeah. that. Yeah, every once in a while I have to switch up to my bike. I have to bike places because I can't afford gas. Uh, Chuck Wicks is on with us. He's just been awarded Truck of the Year in country music. Let's clap for him again. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. It was super fun this week. Walker Hayes came in to talk about all the viral stuff that's been happening in his life. His song Fancy Like how it got put on an Applebee's commercial. I mean, everything. He broke it down, even how the song started. It was so fun to have him on and him share the backstory of all these things. Plus, he is also sharing some other stories about his daughter, Leela, and how they started TikTok dancing. So you don't want to miss this interview. I promise. It's so good. Here it is. Number six, the Friday morning conversation with Walker Hayes. What's happening, buddy? What's popping? 
I'm, I'm, dude, a lot's happening. I know, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, I wonder if it's like overload, like stimulus overload for you right now. That's exactly what it is. It's too much for my brain to process. I was talking to a walker in Austin, and I was just asking, because you have a family and kids, and you're gone all the time now, and it, it, it's gone from like zero to a hundred. And so how's the family dealing with you always being gone? They miss me a ton, but they're so excited. You know, they've been they've been along this this journey right there with me. And um yeah, we've laughingly prayed, you know, out loud for, for something to happen, you know, big for dad like this together. So they're excited and they understand. And the goal is just to get them out there with us, you know, when we're on the road. Whenever something goes viral. And this has gone really viral. Yeah. Do you feel it? It's like a slow wave, or it just one day is it whoosh, and you're like, wow, this thing! I just woke up and it's a monster. <laughs> it's like whoosh. Uh, it's like literally, we we did that video on our porch, Leela and I, to fancy like, and like the next day, neighbors are driving by, honking and being like, Applebee, you know, just just yelling at us. Um, went to Chick Fil A last night. It was like a straight up meet and greet. Like, you know, where we sat, everybody recognizes Leela, everybody recognizes Lanny, everybody recognizes me. And that just wasn't happening, you know, four or five months ago. Nothing like that. Well, let's go back to when you wrote the song. Yeah. Because you, you, who did you write the song with? Dude, it's crazy. It was my first write back with like real humans in a room. And it was Josh Jenkins, dude named Shane Stevens, shut up on the wrong day. He was supposed to write with somebody else the next day. And I was like, hey, just jump in with us. A guy named Cambo Bartolini, first trip to Nashville, LA, like pop star like does huge tracks for Doja Cat, never written a country song in his life. We're all four in a room. We did not write for like four hours. All we did was just kind of talk about what the Lord had been been doing in our lives over the pandemic. Uh, we shared our testimonies. I don't even know what happened. Like we laughed, we cried, we prayed, we did all this weird stuff. And then at the end of the day, we we're like, yo, y'all even want to write? you know, today? Or are y'all done? And Josh Jenkins said, yo, I got this title, Fancy. And in about two minutes, I think I said, I, I was like, yo, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. And I told him about how my kids and I, when we're on a road trip, uh, I'm like, hey, y'all want some fast food? Or you want to do something fancy? You want to sit down, you know, and get something fancy? Have a waiter or a waitress. And, um, it, dude, it all spilled out. I've never written a song so fast. I'm the slowest writer in town. Ask anybody. Uh, it takes me months to, to write songs. You broke up with me with three days. No, 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 nothing short of three days. And this song just spilled out. Um, on the way home, Josh Jenkins and I were like, yo, it needs a bridge. I texted him and said, hey, how about, you know, country uh, the 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 jeans without the holes in them you know and he was like hey this might be gross how about kisses you know with lips without the skull in them and i was like it's perfectly gross it's great <laughs> and uh and so i literally went went home i got a room right next to our kitchen recorded the the vocal the guitar you you've seen the the kind of the shack set up did it sent it off the next day my team was like this is going you know, on the EP. If you isolate the vocal, you could probably hear the water in the kitchen coming on and off. <laughs> There's probably a dog barking in the background. It's so sloppy. And that's what I love about, you know, the track. It's just, it's like chaos from the beginning. 
So with this song, am I? Maybe I'm wrong here, but it wasn't the initial single, right? Or was it the initial no, single no, no, for no. the project? The, the, the first single was Country Stuff with Jake Owen. And uh, again, we, you know, I don't even know if we had intended to go to radio with anything off this project. You know, we were just, you know, history told us our fans hadn't had any new music for a minute, you know? So we were like, ah, let's, let's release these. If you listen to those six songs, they don't have anything in common. Like, it is not a, it's not a well put together, like, no song is the same. They don't really belong on the same album. And um, yeah, we thought it was country stuff. And then once Leela and I did the dance, it was not country stuff. So talk about the dance for a second. Does she yeah. come to you and say, hey, I've choreographed a dance? Or do you go to her and go, hey, will you choreograph a dance to the song? It's neat. I mean, that we, we did that over COVID together a lot. That's, that's how Leela and I bonded. I'm always just looking for like... Um, you know, the shortest road to connect with my kids. Like, what can I be into that they're into? Uh, For my son, Chapel, it's NF. Like, we get down on some NF together. And if we didn't have NF, I don't know if we'd be friends. Like, the rest of the stuff we we don't don't have in common. So, for for Leela and I, it was dancing, you know, on TikTok. And we, we would learn the trends. We did the renegade. We did the, I'm a savage bougie you know we did all that stuff shamelessly no followers nobody cared and then um on a sunday like three days after we had released fancy like she says yo dad fancy like needs a dance 35 minutes tops we threw that joker together (laughs) popped it off twice on the porch we did it once without the flamingo and then i was like why didn't we put the flamingo in there and then we put the flamingo in there laney filmed it uh, and we were like, let's go. And dude, I mean, by that night, we watched it cross a million. I thought we had, we had broken. So I thought there was a glitch. I was literally <laughs> like, I was like, TikTok got the wrong guy. How did it catch this river? You know, I had one, I had one video of you broke up with me, like me singing in the, in the living room that had a million views, but it, you know, it took freaking forever to, to get there. I had 86,000 followers on TikTok that afternoon. And I think I got like 2.1 million now. Who was the first famous person to do the dance where you're like, Oh, we're, we're messing with people now that I didn't even think would watch it. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, the, the first one that blew, blew my face off was this girl is in front of Applebee. It's the greatest video. I think Shaq. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's just chill. She's like having a good time. And then boom, door opens. It's beautiful. You know, the name Applebee's is there and then Shaq freaking Shaq walks out and just like starts doing (laughs) this behind her. And now, you know, that was. That was out of nowhere. Like that. That was. Ta- we're talking about like three weeks in, and then I've seen like sea lions do it, and then and then we started seeing penguins at zoos do it. You know, and throw throw fish out. You know, at the hey. You know, <laughs> and then the 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 coolest though to me was uh, Amy Adams uh, on Seth Meyers. Like she he he was just like, what you doing? You know, in the pandemic, and she was like, I, I don't. Know, I've been hearing this commercial. You know, it won't get out of my head. And she. She thought it was a commercial, you know. She didn't even know it was a song, and she was like, "Yeah, I embarrassed my kids." And she kind of botched the words, but she did the dance and everything. It was crazy. When did Applebee start calling? So you know, I'm gonna be just honest here. We called Applebee's first, and we were like, "Yo, we got a song. It seems like something, you know, y'all might wanna 
uh, partner with, and they were like, ah, cool, you know, we'll check it out. Two weeks later, they called us back. <laughs> they were like, dude, you know, sales are up. It's already a commercial for us. And um, I was like, yeah, I know. I told you, know, we told y'all. But it was, it was really fun because... That was the obvious play. And you could tell people on socials were like, hey, you should do something with Applebee's. And I was like, yeah, I know. You know, I was like, I need some free food. And then finally, when it went down, it's like the world cheered. They were like, oh, we are matchmakers. We told y'all. You know, and I was like, yeah, I know. So um, still waiting on Wendy's. They haven't hit me up. But you guys are all getting gift cards from Applebee's. He's like the official spokesperson now. He just Oprah'd us. You get a gift card. You get a gift card. I did. I Oprah'd you. I love that. And they even brought back the Oreo shake because of you, right? Come on. I mean, dude, does it get any cooler than that? (laughs) I've said it a million times. I I, I told Leela, I was like, I'm going to take your kid to Applebee's one day and I'm going to sit at that table and be like you want to shake? It's pretty good right? It's there because of me and I (laughs) brought it back. So yeah I hope it's not a, I haven't seen like limited time on it or anything. I think it's back for good y'all so Enjoy. Thank you. You're You're welcome. welcome. Walker Hayes is with us right now. Lunchbox called an Applebee's. And and so you called them doing the lines from the song? Just doing the lines from the song. Said I wanted a place to go order for me and my girl. (laughs) And I was just going to do the lines from the song and see how far I got into the song before this girl was like, what what is going on? (laughs) All right, here we go. Here's Lunchbox calling an Applebee's. Thank you for choosing Applebee's. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Uh, yeah, this is Jason. What could I have the chef prepare fresh for you today? Oh, uh, yeah, I want to place it to go order for me and my girl. Okay, what would you like to order? Ah, my girl's banging. <laughs> so low maintenance, don't need no champagne popping entertainment. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to order today? But every now and then when I get paid, I got to spoil my baby with an upgrade. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Yeah, hey. Say it with me. Hey. hey. Yeah. What would you like we, to order today, Jason? Yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date night. Oh. Yeah, got that Bourbon Street steak with the Oreo shake. Oh, that's what you want, a Bourbon Street steak with Oreo steak? Yeah, give me some whipped cream on top, too, and two straws. Perfect. Two straws. One awesome. check, girl. I got you. Oh, and for that Bourbon Street steak, how would you like it? Oh, uh, bougie like Natty in a styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> now it goes off. <laughs> Oh, man. How would you like it cooked? Uh, squeak, squeaking in the truck all the way home. Some Alabama jamma. She my Dixieland delight. Hey, that's how we do. How we do. Fancy like. Oh. Hey. hey. She, no, she, just, she just hanging on. Uh, did she ever get it? No. No, she's no. okay. Dude, what a sweet lady, though. She like, loved she it. She was just having fun. She was fun. having the time of her life. Yeah, she sometimes was... people just hang up on him. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So, I'm assuming that this has, because this has been such a big song, are you getting paid for this yet, song-wise, or are you just making endorsement money? You know, I'm not good, like, I don't know if I'm getting paid yet. I'm not, I don't, I'm not good with the money stuff, so I just... I don't know. Any fancy car yet? No, no. Fancy van? Fancy? No. I will say last night though, and you'll see it on on the gram tonight. My kids, y'all, like eight years ago, we were in Lowe's and they just wanted Christmas blow ups. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not, you know, dropping that much money on a Christmas blow up. And I told them in that Lowe's, I was like, yo, here's the deal. If I ever get a number one, 
everybody gets a Christmas blow up. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, you know, it, it, it went number one on the billboard, you know, hot country. And, uh, and so they were like, where's the blow ups, dad? So we went to Lowe's last night and all six kids, I even got the Grinch, I got the Grinch holding the candy cane. He's like seven feet tall and we're going to put them all up. Uh, tonight and so yeah, that's awesome, that's, man. That's what we spend our money on. Uh, Walker has announced the fancy like tour with Mackenzie Porter. Tickets are on sale now. Go to WalkerHayes.com. You're all over the place. Uh, it's 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 crazy to see it happen all at once because you've definitely done the work, and then it's like boom, and you, to watch it explode has been really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, man, and it just. Uh, I mean, I'm just happy to be a part of it, honestly. Uh, my team, holy cow, man. I mean, you know, they invested. It's, I'm a risky investment, you know. When nobody when nobody this January expecting this, and, uh, you know, just so many people are a part of this. And, I, and, and, like, Shane McAnally, my producer, that dude, so many people had to look at him like he was just insane. Uh, but he knew that that maybe we could do the impossible together. And that's exactly what's happening right now is something impossible. Um, and I told somebody the other day, it's not just like Rudy, like we didn't, we didn't just get a tackle in a, in a blowout game on the last play. This is historic. You know, um, this song is so massive and, um, I'm just humbled and freaking grateful and hope it gives me five more years to, to try to duplicate it. Walker Hayes. You can follow him at Walker Hayes on Instagram or Walker Hayes official on TikTok. Does someone have at Walker Hayes on TikTok? That's not you. Yeah, I think somebody stole it. So we did the official. <laughs> I don't know why. We tried to buy it for like 10 bucks or something. He wouldn't give it to me. Would you mind? We're going to do our St. Jude Radiothon in yeah. like a month. Yeah. Would you mind coming back and playing that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You wouldn't for mind sure. or you wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would not mind coming back and, and playing it for you guys for sure. Uh, congratulations on the song. It's going to be number one this week on the country chart, like the radio country oh, chart. Let's go. Big so deal. more, more blow ups. I don't more know. Blow-ups, that, yeah. that blow up, Christmas blow up story just got me. Come on. It's like man. your whole, yes, yeah, like we're just so happy for Dude, you. That's amazing. Yeah. You look at, like, like I said, we'll put them all up tonight. I'm pretty <laughs> jacked about it. Honestly, the extension cores were. What, what was so expensive. <laughs> all right, walkerhayes.com. Go get tickets. He's all over the place. And we'll see him in about a month or so. Walker Hayes, everybody. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Halloween happened last weekend and we got so many fun stories from the show members. But one that kind of stood out, Eddie shared that his kid's hand was slapped while he was out trick-or-treating. And it was a whole thing. I don't want to give like too much of the way of the segment so they listened to it. But Amy, in this situation, when we talked about it on air, if you were Eddie, how would you have responded to this stranger hitting your kid's hand? I mean, I just think I would have been like, well, that's not necessary. I, I feel like I would have verbally said in a very kind way, do you, do you realize the way you just reacted to my child? Because that's not, that's not how we handle a two-year-old taking extra candy like it's they're it's not like it was a teenager that knew exactly what they were doing and again they'll hear more in the conversation but I think I would have responded in a kind way not I would be upset as a parent but do you know what I mean I wouldn't Mm -hmm. like fight fire with fire or slap him back by, (laughs) by any means or get mad at him I would just kind of be like hey whoa we probably shouldn't do that with kids and 
thanks. Well, we'll, we won't be coming back to your house. Bye. Hope you have a great night. That kind of kind. Well, and I I think what's alarming for me in this situation, too, is that most people that are um, handing out candy and wanting to interact with kids and strangers are very nice, right? Like they're they bought the candy. They're sitting out there and they want to engage with people. So, but the, but then when it happens, this guy just totally flips the switch, which is what's so confusing to me. Well, it's almost like he was treating it like a puppy, yeah, or like who just did something bad, and you're bopping him on the nose, and it's like no. Well, it's like instead happening. of being out there for the joy of Halloween and getting to see all these kids in their costumes, he was doing it for that to happen. Is what it felt like to me, right? Like he was looking for trouble. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I I I just would wonder how. If this has ever happened before, or yeah. if maybe this was an isolated incident, but I think Eddie handled it well. Like yeah. I don't think I, I wonder if it would have happened to Lunchbox, like what he would have <laughs> done, or Scuba Steve. Oh, I would be scared if um, I that happened to Scuba Steve's kids because I feel like he would have handled it a completely different way. So yeah. I don't know. I think his parents sometimes were just put in interesting situations with people that are awkward depending on what it is you just have to speak up and say something to the person but I don't think we need to get confrontational unless like someone's this is in this particular situation if it's like equal in this type of playing field I think it's okay to say something and be a voice for your two-year-old that doesn't even probably understand what the heck just happened but it's like you can't do that to kids like what are you doing have you ever been in some situation where a stranger did something to one of your kids and you're like, why did that just happen? Yeah, I mean, yes. And I've said something kindly. Like there was a time I think I was in line and someone made a comment about my kids being black and me being white and I adopted them. And I just was like, hey, you know, it's probably we don't it's that's not a comment that needs to be made in front of the kids. Right. And just like to put they it back like, on them and let the, I don't know, who knows if they're self-aware enough to really think about it. They might be like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I'll learn from this. Or they're like, oh man, that lady's so rude. Can't believe she said that to me. But really, I just, again, I want to approach with kindness, assuming that they, I want to assume the best. I don't know how you assume the best in someone that, you know, slaps a kid me, yeah. on the hand, but um you just, I still want to approach it in a way that this is a teachable moment for everybody, even if you're an adult, where we can constantly learn. And so, I don't know. I just. When you had said that, did they respond at all or were they just kind of like, oh, she said something? No, I mean, they just, we were in line checking out. So we just carried on and moved on with our day. Hmm. But I wasn't, I could see if maybe I was in an unhealthy place that I could respond in an unhealthy way, which would be yeah. unkind, dramatic, meeting that confrontation with more confrontation. And that's just not how. I want to be. That's not doing anybody any favors. Instead, I wanted to bring to that person's attention. That's probably not, it's probably not the best way to handle this, (laughs) but you know, hope you have a great day. That killing them with kindness thing is something that is so important, I think, and so underrated. Like, you know, it's very easy to go back at things with confrontation. Yeah. That's the easy choice, right? Well, I think if anything, it just helps. Let's continue this conversation. Maybe it's not with me because I'm a stranger. You might not ever see me again. But then you think about it and then maybe it causes you to talk about it with somebody else or have internal dialogue Mm -hmm. with yourself of like, should I have said that? And then the next time you see um, 
a blended family in line, you just don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut and not make the kids feel awkward about their situation. Yeah. So. Gosh, I hate that that happened. And I, I mean, my too. kids didn't notice anyway, so it no. doesn't matter, but it's still, they could have. And then that would have been bad. So it was either my opportunity to, you know, there's three options. You just ignore it or you say something kind so that it doesn't shut down the conversation. Like I said, it helps continue, continue it. Maybe not with you, but somewhere else, or you meet it with, you know, hostility. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) So I feel like same thing applies to what Eddie went through. You Mm -hmm. either ignore it, you meet it with some sort of mature, kind response, or you punch the guy back. Like those are your <laughs> options. Of course, I'm sure it's very fun to punch somebody back, but that is not the actual option we want here. I don't here. think that's fun. I've never punched anybody. I know that you box and do all the fighting and stuff, but I, I'm, I've never hit anybody. No. So I, I will tell you, so I, I'm training for a charity boxing match, right? Where I will actually have to go up against somebody. Yeah. But in doing that, I have learned that I have a lot of trauma and it's very difficult for me to want to hit somebody or for somebody to hit me. Very difficult. Like I'll start crying difficult. It's a lot that I'm like pushing through. And so I like the idea of being able to defend myself, right? Because I've been in a bad situation where I couldn't defend myself. So I like the idea of that. But then when it really comes down to it, I don't want to. I don't ever want to be in that situation. Like Mm -hmm. I immediately want to crawl away into a hole and never be put there again. Yeah. So, so yes and no, like boxing has helped me work through a lot of that, but then at the same time helped me learn. I'm actually not as aggressive as I kind of thought I was. I just had a lot of stuff going on that I had to work through and I did. I'm in a great place now and boxing is a good way and a good outlet for me to get through just a lot of push and pull that I have in my personality. It gives me that like really needed passionate thing I have, right? I have something to be passionate and excited about, but I just learned that I actually don't want to hit anybody, which I never anticipated was going to be my reaction. (laughs) Well, you're good at it. Whatever. I'm glad it's doing something for you because when I watch your videos, I'm like, okay, Morgan, get it. So after I get through the the charity boxing match, we will um, no longer be in that. That's the only reason I'm doing it. You're in training mode. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait to watch you fight. Oh yeah. It's going to be something, but oh man. So I'm so glad we got to talk about this, but I want to also hear, because we kind of talked about Halloween a little bit on the show, not too much. What did you do for Halloween weekend? Well, I mostly spent it indoor. Our neighborhood is like really small. So I think our doorbell rang like once and like kids in our neighborhood, like if uh, the kids that did go out, my son that, you know, you can kind of hit it up and five minutes mm. and you're done. But everyone's generous with candy. So kids still feel like they got a lot <laughs> and they do different, like a neighbor will host a little parties so the oh, kids feel, and they're all dressed up whatever so that's like a 20 minute ordeal then my daughter who's 14 she didn't want anything to do with dressing up or trick-or-treating she's too old for that she just loves scary movies so she about two months ago said on Halloween night can I watch that movie us and I said okay, I guess we'll do that. And she had invited a friend over we had the whole plan for her friend to even spend the night last minute the friend, had to cancel, no big deal. So then it was me and her <laughs> on the couch watching it because obviously nobody else in my house wants anything to do with scary movies. And it was too much for my taste. I'm just not into horror films at all. And there was times where I was even grabbing onto her because I was so scared. And she would just look at me and say, Mom, you do know this is fake, right? And so I love that her brain can 
tell the difference. And it's not a movie that's going to keep her up at night. If some other 14-year-olds, they might lose sleep over watching a movie like that. But for her, she can, you know, compartmentalize from real to fake and just be entertained. And that's that's what we did. We were entertained <laughs> by us. And it was pretty good. Not I, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> but I'm glad she got to check a scary movie off her list. And again, it's it's trying to find things to connect with your kids over and... I I think that my initial reaction to a movie like that would be no you you're you're too young we're not watching that. So I went to like the parental websites and some other parents were reviewing that they thought 14 and up was accurate. I think the website itself said 16 and up, <laughs> but I went off these stranger parents that I don't even know um off their reviews too and then plus I just know my daughter and I don't want to ever give a gut reaction because of what I think is right or wrong. I want to assess each thing for my children and their individual personalities and then make a thoughtful decision. And I think for her, I mean, and it was important to her that I was paying attention. There was a moment in which I was on my phone and kind of doing other things. And she looked at me and she said, mom, you're not even paying attention. And I thought, oh no, this is a hour and a half where I can bond with my daughter. So I put my phone across the room and I got a blanket and I curled up on the couch next to her. And that was that the kids are paying attention to stuff like that. Yeah. And so I knew, even though I had zero interest in this film, <laughs> I needed to make sure that she knew I was invested in something she was excited about. Yeah. So I mean, it shows I, your mother's love too, right? Like you had no interest in this movie and you love her so much that you just wanted to be there with her and watch something that you just you did not care about but you were gonna you were gonna watch it for her right and of course I had other parents judging that there's no way that that movie is okay for kids and look okay it might not be okay for your kids I don't know my parents took me to see Pretty Woman when I was nine (laughs) so I don't know my babysitter canceled so I went with them there's a lot of things in Disney that are underlying that we don't find out until we're older so it's there it's there in everything right we just don't know it until mm-hmm. we're older. Oh, and yeah. they're like, what? Just like the songs we all listen to that oh we shouldn't gosh. have listened to. Yes. The lyrics are so bad and we have no idea. Yes. Um, and you can't, you honestly, I feel like, and I don't know, maybe you, you can attest to this. You, you being a mom, I'm not, but I feel like it's a lot better to be with them and experience that all and allow that to happen than them doing it behind your back. Oh, yeah. I mean, because we've definitely had instances where things have been done behind our back. And I blame myself thinking, like, oh, shoot, have, not, have I not created a safe space where she feels like she can come and talk to me and tell me something? Because why would she do this? But also, kids are kids. I think of things that I tried to do when I was younger. And, you know, we're especially when you get to that 14, 15, 16, you think you're got you're figuring things out and you're so mature and you should be able to do this and your parents don't know what they're talking about and you're gonna test the boundaries a little bit I don't think it's anything that we're doing wrong as parents but there's sometimes where I have blamed myself for being like oh man I wanted to be different than my mom and I wanted to be more open and I mean I had a great mom but she wasn't very she didn't I wasn't super close to her until I was in my 20s. Like we had a lot of conflict when I was a teenager. I had a lot of hurt and anger that I was working through that I projected onto her. Where really I was probably angry at my dad, but of course I was always super nice to him. There's lots of, you know, deep-rooted issues there there. that could be, uh, you know, the cause of that behavior. But I always knew that I wanted to be, I, I didn't want 
my kids to really keep anything from me because I kept so much from my mom. And so I feel like I've tried to create this cool space. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're still a parent child relationship. And there's Mm -hmm. always going to be this, oh, I can't tell my parents that or I've got to sneak and do this or I'm not going to treat my parents that way. My daughter even calls it the teenage brain. Because I I have said before, you don't treat me how you treat some of my other friends that you see. And I'm not trying to make her feel bad about it. I just bring it up. And I need to be a better, do better at controlling my emotions. Because as an adopted mom, her coming into our life here, moving in with us at 10 years old, I felt like I kept needing to try to earn her love and earn this, this mom card with her and that she would connect with me on a way. And it hurts when I see her connecting with others. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, I cannot take it personally. Like, I have to put my big girl pants on and do my job as a mother and not be dramatic about if she runs up and hugs a friend and embraces them in a way I've never seen her embrace me before. And, uh, you know, she'll say to me if I have not if I have made a comment, which, again, I shouldn't. She'll say, Mom, it's the teenage brain. Duh. We're not supposed to be that way with our parents. And so I don't know what Hannah Montana show she saw that on or something (laughs) at some point, but I thought it was cute and she's right. It's a teenage brain. No, I feel like she got that from herself. I mean, she's super intelligent on her own, just the way you talk about her. She's very intelligent. And I think it's cool, though, something that we don't give enough credit to as parents is if they have that environment that there is somebody they can go and run up to if it's your sister or somebody else, like you've created that environment for them. So as much as you may not in that moment be getting the credit, you are getting the credit because those are all the people that you've surrounded them with Mm -hmm. and they feel so loved. Yeah. And I want them to be able to have, I think that's very important for kids to have a third party, not you. Um, And even a therapist would advise this. Maybe it is a therapist, but maybe your kids aren't in therapy. That's not what they need or that's not a resource that's available to you or that's possible. But it's is there an aunt or um, a best friend that can step in and take that role that can be a third party for your child to lean into? Because, yeah, it just it is what it is. It's not always going to be you and you want them to feel that support and love, even though they know that it's you. Yeah. It's hard for you to be all of that because you, I, I also have to be the, I have to set the boundaries. I have to be enforce rules. I have to be the one that, you know, says no. And so there's, I I don't want to be that best friend role. Well, if you, um, if you weren't that and you weren't setting the boundaries and doing that for them, then they'd be mad that you weren't doing that. Right. right. Well, that's what makes life. them feel the most safe and secure. Yeah. So, um, I just want to make sure, yeah, my kids feel loved and they feel safe. And especially if anybody listening has had experience with kids that have either been in an orphanage or uh, adopted, depending on their circumstances or foster care or something like that. um, Safety is one of the number one things they need, but it's the hardest thing for them to feel because their brain in those early developmental years was if it wasn't nurtured properly, which if they were at an orphanage or in foster care, maybe it wasn't if they're bouncing around and they're not feeling that that what a mother can offer in those crucial times. Like if you cry, like for me, I assume wasn't there and I can't ask my mom, but I she was there with us. If I cried, she met my needs. And so some kids, they don't get that. And then your brain doesn't develop properly. And then you constantly live in a state of fight, flight or freeze. And that's that's not safe. And then you, you, so anyway, all that to say, 
I feel anybody out there that has had that for whatever reason, maybe you grew up with your biological parents, but something traumatic happened that causes your brain to live in this state of fear. And um, anyway, we all just want to feel safe and loved and it takes extra work to rewire our brains and (laughs) build new pathways that say to you, um, I am safe. I am loved. I'm secure. We're good. Because your brain, when it was developing, didn't have that. It was like, we're not safe, firing <laughs> off all the things, freak out, freak out, fight, foot, freeze, all the things. So, well, I, anyway. I think it's super cool now, too. We never, um, you know, everybody has something that impacted their childhood, right? Yes. You could have grown up in a perfect life and something impacted you. It didn't have to be your family. No. And I think it's so cool now that in this time period that we're in right now, we have so many more tools and resources to understand what that means. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, we, we, we didn't talk about mental health. That wasn't a thing. There was no conversation about that until I got into my teens and dealt with bullying in high school and cyberbullying. And I was the beginning phase of that where everybody was learning what that was and what that looked like. I think it's so cool now that kids are getting to get help earlier than we ever would have imagined that was possible Mm -hmm. because now we're talking about it, right? Yeah. Having these conversations, people are like, Oh, this isn't abnormal. This is actually normal. It's just, it was never something we could do about it before, or at least that we thought we could. Right. Right. So I think it's really cool now that kids get to experience all of those things and like understand why they are who they are and that it's not different than anybody else. They're not different. They're just different lifestyles, right? Different things happen to them. And now they're figuring out for themselves what's going to make them who they are and who they're going to become, which is really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, the more we talk about mental health now, and then it'll trickle down, then this next generation, they have kids It will be because I think we were coming from, you know, my mom's parents, and then my grandparents parents, like it wasn't mental health wasn't really a conversation. Yes, it was like, Oh, well, that we don't talk about that or something's wrong with you. And now it's like, Oh, it's not that those if you are going through something, it's not like, Oh, that's normal. Don't worry about it. It's it's not you shouldn't have those thoughts. We don't want you to have those thoughts. It's like, um, but you're not alone. And there are tools and, and resources that can help you um, get through whatever it is that you're going through instead of just suffering silently. Mm-hmm. And because, it's getting worse, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Because you didn't think you had any help and you didn't think you could talk about it. Right. I think it's really awesome that in schools too, now that they are talking about it, it's becoming more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Or there's like mental health days, like mm-hmm. that's a, a thing where I get it. You could, some kids are going to, you know, take advantage of that with their parents. Yes. But if parents even become more understanding to that of like, maybe your kid really doesn't need to go to school today. Um, I know that that's not possible for everybody. I'm not even saying that you need to just, if your kid says, I don't want to go to school, (laughs) don't make them go to school. But sometimes a kid feeling heard and seen, and if something really is going on that day of rest and you actually hearing what they need, Um, And meeting them where they are with that can go a long way in 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 helping them work through whatever it is that they're going through. I'm being very (laughs) generic here because there's so many different scenarios Mm -hmm. that it could be. But just even being instead of shutting your kid down right away, like, what do you mean you don't want to go to school? Get up, get dressed. You're going to school. Like I had to do that. There were days Mm -hmm. where I did not want to get out of bed. And I would tell my mom, like, I can't go to bed. And I mean, in high school, I had an eating disorder and I, I don't, 
at some point I disclosed that to my mom. I don't know if she knew about it at this point, but there's one day in particular, I remember she was like yelling at me to get out of bed and go to school, but I was silently suffering and she had no idea. And I didn't, we didn't really, I hadn't talked about it yet. And it's like going to school for me that day was literally a nightmare. And I couldn't function, but I was still forced to go. And I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if my mom had met me with, I mean, my mom had to get up and go to work. It's not like she had time to sit around and hang out with me, but I don't know if something differently could have been done. Or I wonder if my mom could have been like, okay, you know what? Maybe there's something really going on here and let's, let's talk about it right now. Like what's really happening. I wasn't, it's not like I was just trying to get out of going to school because I didn't want to do my work. Like I was really feeling this heavy weight on me of like a, like an underlying depression. And, you know, I had a therapist tell me like last year, that's the first time they ever associated or had said to me that my eating disorder was underlying depression. And he seemed to believe that all eating disorders are. And I was like, well, no, I've never been depressed. Nobody's ever told me that. Um, and then once I thought about it, I was like, oh, that was my way of numbing out. I was hurting. I was going through a lot and my eating disorder numbed those feelings of sadness Mm -hmm. and depression. And that was my way of coping. So anywho, what were we talking about? (laughs) No, I love, I mean, I don't love that you went through that, but I love you sharing that. I think it's so important just to have these conversations. Yeah. It just never made to, and I think we should more aware if my daughter is like, Oh, I just really cannot go to school today. And it's like, okay, let me be more aware. It doesn't mean we, you know, we haven't taken a mental health day yet, but I am now open to the idea. I think as I've heard other parents talk about it, even post about it on social media of what would it look like if you did entertain that idea of letting your kids stay home if they were really dreading going that day. Um, And again, I'm not an expert, so please don't be like, oh yeah, now I need to let my, but talking to a professional about what that would look like, maybe based on your kid and their behavior and your family dynamic. What, what could that look like if your child felt heard and seen and, you know, got that break well, for that I, one day? I, I can attest to that too. I got really, you know, I, I got really lucky with my family in general, but I got really lucky with my parents in that my last year of high school when I, I was dealing with bullying and I didn't want to go to school. I didn't, I felt unsafe. I felt scared. Every time I was there, I was hiding in one of my favorite teacher's classrooms because I didn't want to be scene. Mm-hmm. And my parents listened and heard me throughout that entire process. You know, there was a point when we could have taken legal action and we didn't, they listened to me and what I wanted. Right. And everything was my decision, but they were there the whole time, allowing me to make those decisions and guiding me along that way. Cause I was still 17 years old. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was dealing with and I didn't know what I was feeling. First time that I got put in therapy, it was a, it was a whole thing. But I can attest to the fact that having my parents be there and listen to me and see me for what I was going through changed everything. Because if that wouldn't have happened, I don't know what would have happened in that scenario, right? Who knows? Because it was not. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I went through a lot of things. And had they not done what they did and been there in the way that they were, I just don't know what that would have looked like. Mm -hmm. So I can attest to that. I think that's so important. Is just being there for them in the way that they need you to be there for them. Right. We may not be able to express it very well, but it, we're trying. Right. It might not be the way your parents did it for you. Yes. Or the way you're seeing other parents operate. But 
It's like just being open, Mm -hmm. I think, is one of the best things we can do is being willing, being bendy. Yes. um, Breezy. (laughs) (laughs) Any word for flexible we can find. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I loved this conversation. This is so good. We started talking about, you know, Eddie's kid's hand being slapped a lot, trigger treating. And we got to so many fun little moments of our life that we got to kind of dive deep into. I enjoyed that. That was fun. But you can hear this moment right now. Eddie's talking about his kid's hand being slapped and it was a whole thing. You can see how he responded to the situation. Number five. Eddie, one of your sons was trick-or-treating. Yeah, the two-year-old. And what happened? Well, you got to understand, like, so last year we took him, but he was little. He could barely walk or whatever. This year he was Spider-Man. He would walk up to houses and a lot of the houses had bowls in the front, you know, with just a sign that said take one or the... Fan or the owners of the house just sitting right in front of the table. So the two-year-old walks up the table. He sees the bowl of candy and puts his hand in there and grabs a handful. And the guy goes, just one. He can't. He doesn't know what that means. So he still grabs the he handful. He doesn't know what just one means? No, he just sees candy. He grabs all of it. So the guy that's sitting at the table slaps my son's hand and the candy falls out. And he says, I said, take one. And my kid looks at me like, uh, uh, okay, what just happened? And then he goes, and then the dad looks at me and says, this kid's going to be a thief when he grows up. Oh, I'm like, what is happening right now? What did you do? Nothing. I just said, that's okay. We don't need candy from here. Let's go. Let's just keep walking. Probably the most mature thing you could have done. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have. I was shocked. Acted different. I don't know. That's wild that someone would hit your kid on the hand about some candy. I agree. And it's it, I don't it wasn't like he was the only one that that slapped my kid or whatever, but every other house that we went to was so hardcore about only one, Oof. only one. Just it take one. Like, but y'all were trick or treating in an area where there was like tons and tons of kids. So. I get it, but if you don't want people reaching in the buckets, you hand them one at a Great time. Great point. That's hey, what I was Steve, thinking. Steve, you're you seem like a fighter. Yeah. If someone had slapped your kid's hand, what would happen? I guess it depends on the scenario and how, I guess, hurt my child was. But I always look at if I were to hit them back, then my child's without dad. So I think the best thing to do is just kind of like reprimand them verbally and then walk away. The so, old me would have kicked his ass. There are two theories. <laughs> yeah. There's it takes a village. Yeah. Like, hey, he's telling my son he shouldn't do this by slapping his hand. I don't like the hand slapping. But that's yeah, one theory right. someone could say is like, I would have slapped his hand. So it takes a village. So a neighbor did that. Not the way I would have. I would have preferred. Or it's like, don't touch my freaking kid. Exactly. Like, hand him a piece of candy yeah, if you don't two. want him grabbing yeah. all the candy. You know what I think I probably would have done? Hit the bucket up in the air. And yeah. Like, oh, the yes. <laughs> exactly. Because I think that I was just trying to think, what would I do? Just instinctually, because I wouldn't have fought him either. I am a wuss. Like when you think of the biggest wusses of all time, I'm up there at the top. Sure. <laughs> so you slap the bucket and run. I don't. I don't even run. Oh, but I would. But listen, because this, I'm a wuss who, if I have to, I'm pretty strong and athletic, and I and I can take care of myself. Okay, but I. Hey, I'm be, trained. I have a set of skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take I, it. I would be nervous that clearly this hand, this person in this home that was slapped the kid. That's that's just not normal. Mm-hmm. So I would be scared if you flip the bucket that he would come and like pounce on you. Mm-hmm. And I welcome it. Oh, okay. Because oh, really? then it's like him <laughs> fighting I call you. Steve. Okay. I call him my reinforcements. Scuba, were you a fighter back in the day? Um, I, I think I was when when I was heated and and angered. Yeah, especially if you violated someone that I cared about, friends or family, then I would go the extra mile to shut you down. You ever punch somebody in the face? Yes. Yeah, and I've been punched in the face too. Yeah. What? 
Mm. I was going to say which is worse. I, I, I can answer that question. But which hurts for longer, the hand when you really connect or your face when you get connected? I think the face hurts pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, the hand, you kind of get over it because the adrenaline's pumping. You don't really feel it. But the face, that I mean, especially the nose, my nose is broken from being hit. Um, what did you do to get hit? Uh, it was just like a stupid fight. Yeah. Like like nothing that was. Was it didn't involve a monkey and a stripper? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it did. didn't have a great story, but it was just something stupid. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's a tough situation. Eddie, I think you did the right thing. I mean, you know, you say like what you would do. It's just weird. When it happens, you're like, I don't know what to do except get out of here. To be fair, there, again, there's fight, flight, and freeze. And anytime we've ever seen Eddie in a situation where he has to depend, he always freezes. I freeze. <laughs> yeah, he freezes. <laughs> He's the one I don't. And he's like, I've been trained. I get the defibrillator out and save some lives. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I believe that. I think he knows how to do it, but... Yeah, I got the knowledge. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I think you're Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I hope not. I, I, I hope if it's a real bad situation, I go for it. Mm. But in like a minor one where my kid gets slapped, I did nothing but leave. I will say, as easy as it is to pounce on you right now and be like, come on, man, be a man. I think you did the right thing. Thank you. By just going... We're going to go somewhere else and get candy. Yeah, I'd rather just not get in trouble and then tell a story on the radio the next day. That guy... Complete douchebag, though. Totally. I know. Don't like, do that. But do you wife? remember his house? Go egg it now. No. No. So I do remember the house. Exactly. I don't, I don't hate it. Egg it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I would go do I something. I don't hate it. All right. I'll tell you where it is, Lunchbox. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. It's always interesting when this segment happens. Employee of the month. It was gone for a few months, and then it came back. And everybody always has to make their case for why they should be chosen employee of the month. And I'm just going to say it gets very competitive in our studio when this goes down. Right? I know. I just don't like the presenting of the case. It's I wish very it was awkward. just handed out because, uh, yeah, it gets yep. awkward. Well, everybody makes their case and everybody on our show deserves it, right? Everybody works incredibly hard. Everybody does awesome things. And then it's awkward because then people have to vote and then everybody gets pitted against each other, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what goes down. But I think... Well, <laughs> I loved when you made your case because we were talking about the world's hottest shot, right? That yeah. you had to take, un- that you did not want to take. Let's put it that way. Got spinning no, on the I mean, wheel. My name was on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I knew my name was on the wheel. I'm not complaining. I don't want people to hear it wrong that I am whining about it. But I took it like a champ. You did take it like a and champ. And I threw it back and I almost died. So therefore, I felt like anytime <laughs> you sacrifice yourself for work in that way, for the sake of entertainment, then it's got to be worth something. It but, should be, yes. Yeah. But I mean, I also realized that was just like a one-time moment. I felt like it was my big moment of the month where um, <laughs> I did it and I didn't complain. And I still haven't fully recovered. Like, my mouth right now does not feel yeah, the same. I, it's uh, like we need my an throat. Update. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But since that day, coffee has not tasted the same. Water doesn't taste the same. I don't... I have no idea if it just burned... Um, taste buds in my I mean, mouth. I feel like that's possible, and right? I, yes. Like even right now I'm swallowing. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. It just, it just feels weird. So what about your face? Cause at the time we thought that it might it felt like a chemical face. peel. Yes. And I thought my face was going to end up peeling and luckily it didn't, but I think maybe because I just am, saturated my face with milk <laughs> you were amy was in the bathroom like we gave her milk and it was just on her face it was like you you replaced a, a water rag with a milk rag on yes. amy's face and i was just compressing milk on my face so i do think that that played a role but it hurts so bad um but i i do think who the employee of the month award went to which i know people are going to listen to the um show but it well deserved like it was perfect it was fitting and Again, like you said, everybody on the show deserves 
something. So you can't be mad at the fact unless your lunchbox. <laughs> nobody's going to mad, get at, mad at whoever gets it because yes. the show, everyone has their role and it, it functions because everyone is participating. So therefore it's a team it's a team sport, it's yes. a team show. And of course there's going to be some MVPs and that's okay. Cause that, that's amazing. Oh, like, that's what happens in sports, right? Mm-hmm. An MVP gets awarded, even though the whole team contributed to the win. That's kind of what happens when we do employee of the month, but that doesn't go to say it's not incredibly awkward for all of us. Involved. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> I do not like this system, the current system. I wish Bobby would just hand out <laughs> an award and not make us write speeches and then vote on our coworkers. <laughs> yes. And okay. So if there is one segment on our show and in, in the whole, um, let's say in the last five years that you wish we could get rid of that maybe keeps happening. Maybe it's the spinning the wheel. Maybe it's other things. No, I you- mean, I'd get rid of the wheel. Now I have like PTSD. <laughs> if I hear the, I can't like it's that shot was so, we just weren't prepared for it. I don't think anybody knew no. how hot it was going to be because there was no water on my desk. There was no milk nearby. There was no trash can. There was just like, oh, this is going to be cute. Amy's going to take a hot shot. Like, I, And that's how I threw it back, honestly, thinking that it wasn't going to be a big deal. And when I say I, I almost went to the hospital, I'm not being dramatic. I'm being a little dramatic when I say almost died, but I did have this moment of, I don't know. Now I know why the bottle says if you have like heart condition or gut issues, do not take the shot. Luckily it never made it to my gut because my body started rejecting it about halfway down my throat and I threw it up. But if it had made it to my gut, I don't even know what I've done to that part of my body. Well, think about how you're dealing with your, your taste buds and your throat right now. That would have been your whole inside. Yeah. I mean, I it might be what happens when my daughter eats too much talkie, which ends up a whole situation. And she goes to the nurse's office at school because when she goes to the bathroom, it hurts really bad. And I that could have been me because of the shot. But luckily, it only damaged the upper part of my body. And I it, so I do not recommend doing something like this. I do not ever think that that shot should be like a joke or come at, like shock someone. I mean, it shocked us. Because, I mean, I was on the floor shaking, sweating, um, couldn't breathe. Yeah. Because I d- it, it just the whole thing was awful. And, but I, again, I don't know, did it deserve employee of the month? Probably not. It was up there. But I'm going to say it was up there. It was. <laughs> but that's why it landed in my speech because it was like the one thing that I will never forget. And yeah, I would get rid of the wheel, I guess. But I also, too, the wheel is entertaining and it's fun. Like to what whatever. This week it landed on lunchbox for the whatever turkey the thing. thing. Yeah. So, um, is, yeah. So mm-hmm. we have fun with the wheel. Um, the dog shot collar. We haven't had that in a while, but I would get rid of that. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Like easy trivia. We if get you like hit online miss so the question, bad. then you get zapped. Um, but I've been dealing with that one for at least we got the dog collar thing like 15 years ago, maybe. After having the, I've never been in a segment where we've done the shot caller. I've been here, but I've never been in that segment. So I haven't had to experience it, but I want to know after having it done to you, would you ever do it to a dog? Well, yeah, because I think, <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't do it to my dog, but I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't I'm know curious. what a dog is feeling, but I mean, it definitely would get your dog's attention. Yeah. I'm just curious, like having experienced it, if it changed like a mindset for 
using it for what it's meant to be used for, right? Well, I don't know because their dogs, <laughs> is their skin different than ours? Like, are they? I don't think um, so. No. I mean, I feel like they're feel like they're thicker, but maybe not. <laughs> I mean, you would hope dogs have thick skin, right? They have thick fur. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, yeah, that's a good one. The spinning the wheel is definitely interesting. I've been lucky that I've only had to eat watermelon and mustard and the world's stinkiest fruit, which both were fine experiences. I did not have to um, have the world's hottest shot. But when I did, you, I remember you mentioning the segment how we were all saying we'd totally try it. I thought that it was going to taste like fireball. That's what my whole thought process was. was like, this is going to taste like, you know, it's just going to be hot, like a little cinnamon hot shot no no cinnamon that's not what it felt like mm -mm, no it was infused with ghost peppers and (laughs) it's disgusting oh man well i'm glad we finally got to talk about that because i wanted to last week but you totally should have got employee of the month for that oh well thank you i think we should have honorary podcast award yes you you got it from me all to you but you guys can hear right now um all of our speeches for employee of the month and who got chosen Number four. It's time for the Employee of the Month Award to go out to one of you members of this show. Somebody is going to win 100 bucks in cash, be awarded Employee of the Month, and get to choose any segment they want. You get to have control of the segment. Now, what will happen is you'll each have 30 seconds to read why I should pick you as Employee of the Month. It's never been more wide open as it is right now. Some months I go into it and I'm like, this is easy. This person has exhibited such a tireless work ethic. They've been a great influence. This month? Huh? We'll see. Up first, Amy. Am I on a timer? You're on 30 seconds. Whenever you're ready, begin. So I would like to thank this show, in particular you, Bobby, for giving all of us the opportunity to do things that like we normally would never do. Like Eddie walked 100 miles, which was amazing. I believe he was a recipient of Employee of the Month because of that. Well-deserved, by the way. However, I recently almost lost my life for the sake of entertainment on this show. That's true. I took a shot of the hottest alcohol in the world, and I must say, I took it like a champ. I threw that shot Time. back. 30 seconds. That was 30 s- You spent man. the whole first part of it thanking yeah. the show. And mentioning well, me, which is I- awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, there All right. you go. There's Amy's 30 seconds. Let me make a note here. Gosh, 30 seconds goes by so fast. Yeah. Up next to compete for his 30 seconds is Lunchbox. Lunchbox, are you ready? I'm ready. And begin. The show doesn't go without good content, and all I do is bring good content. Who went out and proved they were one of the most famous people in Nashville, top 25? People are still talking about that segment. I did. Then I got in a car and drove all the way to Murfreesboro, Arkansas to dig for diamonds. People still talk about that segment. Two huge segments. Oh, you want a third one? I had a baby, and people were just (laughs) clamoring by the radio to find out, was it boy, girl, what's it look like? Guess what? We put pictures boom did you not miss most of the month yeah also with the baby he was out for like three weeks of i'm just asking if that's the right part of the month yeah i think everything he was talking about was before this month october yeah scuba when was lunchbox's stuff before the month of october yeah he's been gone pretty much i would say 60 percent of the month okay (laughs) not that it matters because you you can bring a 40 percent that's strong it's stronger (laughs) than these jabronis yeah okay got it next up eddie you ready 30 seconds begins now So October was a huge month in my life. Me and my family adopted two boys. And when we were adopting our kids, we said, ah, maybe I can get paternity leave like someone else on the show who missed 60% of the month. 
But I did not, Bones. I stayed here. I did my duty on this job, and I covered for Lunchbox while he was on vacation, paternity leave for four months or whatever, four weeks. So I did my job. However, I know you want to vote me to to get this thing, Employee of the Month, but I don't think it's for me. It's for Amy. We almost killed her. Let's be real. Okay, time. By I the mean, way, you can't shame Lunchbox for taking yeah. paternity leave. What do you Second mean? Because your kids were but, already with you. Yeah, you already had like your years. kids. Oh, did I mention? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw Lunchbox like that. Yeah, my bad. All right. So, but you're saying it's not you anyway. You're you're pushing. Hey, putting it give on it to Amy. Amy. What are okay. we doing? She did one thing. She almost died, dude. And it 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 did happen to her because it landed on her too. Right. Right. She didn't <laughs> choose to do it. Just right. She but, didn't come up with the idea. Uh, Morgan, you ready for your 30 seconds? I'm ready. All right, and go. It's been a huge month for all of our digital platforms. I'm the digital director, and I spend several hours a day making sure all of our social media, everything is covered with everything that is happening in everybody's life on this show. And I'm just going to say, we're hitting podcast numbers we've never reached before. We had nearly 2 million unique visitors to our website just this month alone. I'm just saying, I've been working really hard to make sure all those numbers hit. So I feel very proud of myself, and I really want this award. There she is, Morgan number two. And she wrapped it up three seconds early. Wow. Wow. I don't think that's not going to go on the chart as a plus. (laughs) All right, we are competing for Employee of the Month. We'll do a couple more. I'm going to, Scoob and Mike, you guys have won it before, right? You have, no, Mike, you you haven't won it ever? Oh, Oh, wow. Wow. I don't think there's your month either. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Raymundo, 30 seconds. Go. Yeah, well, they all talked about stuff that happens while we're here, 5 to 10 a.m. That's not what I'm about. I am community outreach. I'm at the bars. I'm taking pictures with people. On the DMs, nobody hammers those like me. I'm responding to at least two to 300 people every single day. Sometimes am I drunk, and do I message them? Yes. And do I get negative <laughs> press? Yes. But I care about the show. I'm always saying Bobby Bone Show. Because of me, Nashville knows about the Bobby Bone Show, and I will hang up and listen. Well, we're on in like 150 cities. And other cities. But this is the only one where he can really go out and be boots on the ground. But not DMs. Drunk DMs can be anywhere. (laughs) Okay. I mean, listen, so far I'm still wide open. Oh, really? Honestly, yeah. Uh, Abby, our phone screener. Uh, Sorry, I'm caught in my chair. (laughs) Abby always like stumbles into it. I know. And and he's like, like, I'm struggling. Abby, are you ready? I'm ready. You have 30 seconds to go. Okay, I drove seven. I drove lunchbox seven hours to a small town in Arkansas. Got put up in a murder hotel. Almost <laughs> lost my life there. And then I watched him dig for eight hours. Got content for that all over the place. It was very good content, I must say. And then I drove back seven hours, and he didn't find anything. Um, also, I must say, I also uh, Facetimed a firefighter. Um, I didn't even know him live on air. My heart was pounding at 100 miles a minute. So that was a lot. And. If that doesn't say hard work and dedication, I don't know what does. <laughs> well, let me say and. this. Here's who it's between. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and hold. Mike, do you, you're not going to win, Mike. Yeah, Mike even puts himself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scuba. Mike oh, should win every month. Mike, Scuba, and Ray should win every month. Uh, that's why we're all going to dinner in two nights. Whoa! That's right. Big dinner. <laughs> Secondly, it's either Abby or Morgan. Ooh. Oh. What? How can it be Amy? Abby. I mean, well, she has I mean, done a lot. Probably oh the most commented, complimented, most interaction has been about the fireman segment. Um, can we ask? Lunchbox wasn't even here for that. That's why he's saying, "How can it be Abby?" Yeah, oh, like that's what? True. Because it was like days worth of anticipation and days curiosity. Worth of it was great. And, yeah, and Abby had to get vulnerable and share like her text messages with a boy she was flirting with. <laughs> and I drove him to Arkansas. How is he saying? 
How's it me? Ugh. Lunchbox, not Sorry. the fireman. All right, so oh, yes. um, right. let's take a, let's take a vote here. Abby or Morgan? Well, I don't want to vote. I'll you, vote. It's on, it's on I'll you. Vote. What? Yo, Abby, both doing- Yo, Abby, that was great content for, a, what, two weeks? Three weeks of her life? Crazy. I loved it. Ray? Yeah, Abby all the way. I've never been that excited for a segment in a while. And it sucks for Morgan because she's so behind the scenes and I there's know. so much work. But uh, Like she was making sure all of that was out there for people to see and sure. comment on and know about. She's got more months. Amy had the most, or excuse me, Abby had the most emailed in segment in the history of the mailbag when we don't even ask for segments. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Amy? I'm going to go with, oh, don't make me pick. Um, Morby. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, okay, I'll got go it. Morgan because it's probably going to go to Abby, but Morgan, I feel the love. Okay, it, it was close. Morgan, you're going to finish a strong second. That's all right. All right, Abby, you oh are going God. to be employee of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got a song. Yeah, I got a song. This is awesome. Abby, what, what would you like to say? Uh, this is probably the first and last time I'll ever win, so thank you. <laughs> This is awesome. Uh, and to Morgan, I, thank you for all you do, too, to make sure all of it get out there. So you did I great. for Morgan. You totally deserve it. Abby, you have $100 in cash. Coming to get your what? money right now. Oh there God. she is. Coming to get her cash. Yeah. It is Abby, our phone screener. Have you talked to the fireman at all? He still texts you? He still texts you? You didn't respond one time? Oh, no. he follows her on Instagram now. He does? Oh, yeah, we did figure that out. Okay. That's weird. So he like texts me stuff. He like texts me responding to my Instagram stories now. He's still trying, huh? All right, stay away from that. He's still trying. All right, and a hundred dollars, Richard. There she is, Abby. Everybody. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. We had another spinning the wheel challenge go down. We just mentioned it. Amy and I were talking about it after the world's hottest shot. Everybody was a little scared, but this time somebody had to drink the Jones turkey and gravy soda in honor of Thanksgiving coming up this month. And I mean, kind of expected who actually had to drink it. So I'm just not going to say anymore and you're going to hear it right now. Number three. I have a bottle of Jones special release turkey and gravy soda. Oh my God. It's... It's yeah, it looks like old beer. <laughs> Dirty water is what it looks like yeah. to me. Here it is. <laughs> oh it my is. goodness. So we're gonna do one spin. Oh no! If it lands on you, <laughs> this is your bottle you have to the end of the hour to drink. Does anyone want to volunteer to drink it? No. No, and nothing ever good comes when this wheel comes in the studio. It's just like... I think we're it, done with this wheel. Everybody's day just goes downhill. Oh, don't do that. I feel like yeah, I like, lose more than anybody else on the wheel. It's pretty close to me and you. I would say me and you are pretty neck and neck on that wheel. I, mean, I feel like they found the spots. I know it's going to land. Right. And they're putting on... Me and you in those spots. Okay. I agree. Because I think we're on the same spots every time. And Is that true? Me. Why are why would we be? Well, I don't know. Okay. I, I, you can watch this on our oh, Facebook man. Live. Right are we doing one one. one and lands done. on's drinking it. Okay, thank goodness. Okay. You better not be saying, Oh my goodness, you Well, I just don't want to relive the spin. Like hearing that spin, I have like traumatic stress. Do you want to do a practice spin? Just one practice no, spin. No. I don't think we should waste it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, just go. Practice. I'm not doing practice. any of this. Just one do practice. It. No, yeah, why one practice. Do that? One practice. This one doesn't count, but this is the practice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man, who would it have been? That the person been. that would have lost. Oh come on. Come would on. have been 
Mike D. Oh, oh see, wow. Mike D. Let's count no, it. No practice. No practice. Okay. Let's count it. Are you ready? Yeah, this one's count. a real one. Oh no, Mike D. You're I safe can't. then. You're good because it's not going to hit you twice in a row. It never happens that way. Right. We have a bottle, and on the, the the bottle, you can see the liquid, and it's like dirty yellow. Ugh. So gross. But it's there's a big turkey and gravy. So is this like Coke, like a caffeine drink? It's like carbonated. A, it's yeah, like a soda pop. Yeah. Oh, it looks awful. Okay, here we go. Let's spin that wheel. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, turn it on. I can't do the thing. I can't do the thing. Look right here. Oh. I can't even look. Oh, it's going. Amy, it's right on you. Uh, Lunchbox. Of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my goodness. Yeah! Why does this wheel hate me? I told you guys this wheel hates me. I mean, this oh. is... I mean... <laughs> and you watched it. We had it live up on the stream. There's oh, no... Oh, my gosh. I'm going to smell it. Like, oh, there, there's the carbonation. Oof! It's. It smell like turkey it's gravy. It's like if you were to reach in the back of your car and pick out a bottle, and you realize, oh, somebody peed in that. They didn't. Oh, great, oh. great. Yeah, that's what it smells that's like. What, that's what. That's what. That's the feeling of when I smelled it. You expect to smell like pop coke, and it just smells off. Ugh. All right, buddy. Just give us that first drink. You can walk over there and have some of it. You can chug it if you want. But I'm curious at how it tastes. Jones special release turkey and gravy soda. That is your name. All right, let's go. It has not been your day. No, it hasn't been my day. It never is my day. All right. When is it going to be my day? Here we go. Oh, he's smelling it. Uh, I'm just curious. It may not be that bad. I bet it's bad. Take a drink. It could be Thanksgiving he's, he's pouring in a it bottle. Back. He's swallowing it. Oh, that's, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? What's that sound? <laughs> what is that oh. sound? It, it tastes like cleaning fluid. Like, oh. like, you know, Do like, you taste the turkey or the gravy? No, you just it has a weird taste. I don't even know if it's... Cleaning fluid? <laughs> yeah, you know, like when you spray something like, like cleaning... Mr. Clean? Like when you clean the table with like Windex Spray. or something, or window with Windex, you can just taste it. <laughs> oh, he's like not Windex. thinking straight, bro. Taking a second drink. I used to drink that whole thing. Yeah, but no turkey flavor, no gravy. No, really. it's just some. No, I don't feel like it. Doesn't taste like, like Thanksgiving. No, no. It's it's not, like it doesn't put me in a good mood. Like, oh yeah, here's the turkey and gravy. <laughs> That's you know? not a good supplement for supply shortages. For like, what? Well, people are worried about what they're going to serve on Thanksgiving. They that just have a soda. Yeah. Oh, this is be yeah. It'll save the cooking a lot of time in the kitchen. Yeah, but if it doesn't taste like it, then all right, you can go back to unless you're going to chug it. Do you want to try to sh- knock it down? Chug, 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 chug. There you go, chug, chug, chug. Oh, he quit. Oh, weak. Amy, can't you open your throat up and just like send it down? No, I'm not good at chugging. Never been able to chug. No, no, I can do shots, but I can't. I've never been able to chug. I'm just telling you guys, I'm not a good chugger. Not even a beer. Got to get down on a knee. Get down on a knee. Chug, 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 chug. There he goes. Don't stop. Don't stop till you drink it all. Go. Don't stop till you drink it all. There he goes. Do not come down. Do not come down. Go, Lunchbox. Go, Lunchbox. Let's go. Oh, boo. That was terrible. Okay. He's, oh, oh you know, get yeah. in the trash can. I'm not going to puke. I'm just going to burp. Well, usually They're what happens after that. Oh, 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 my goodness. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's awful. Oh, God. Oh. Man. 
Can you do Why it? Why do people do this stuff? One more shot. Come on. You want me to finish it now? Yes. Yeah. Chug, 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 Amy's doubting you. Don't stop. Amy's doubting you. Let's go. Good job, buddy. That's what you got to do is talk a little trash to him, and then he'll do yeah, it. Don't hate Amy. This is great. Okay, okay. We're going to make people sick. All right, go sit down in your seat. <laughs> I'm just telling you people, don't buy Don't, don't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Stop. Oh. That's so gross. Oh. oh, I have like secondary vomit happening myself. That was disgusting. Oh no. He's leaned over the trash can. He's leaned over the trash can. Ew. Oh. oh, this is awful. How, what do you rate it? Uh, probably a Three? A three? Out of, oh, out of five? Out of five? Out of ten? Oh. Goodness gracious. Always, not a three out of five. We always do out of five. Okay. Well, why don't you throw them in the trash and walk over to your seat? Uh. He's taking the trash can with them. Let me take this call. This is Danielle in Kansas. Danielle, thank you for calling the Bobby Bone Show. Hi. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Bobby. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Hey, I got to say congratulations to Abby on her wonderful find. Yes. And this just goes to show you that karma will get you, Lunchbox. You're so uh, mean and awful. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> he tried to talk to you and he burst. No. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to give her a hard time about give him half. Well, look what happened. He had to drink the turkey. So if you missed earlier in the show, Abby, our phone screener, who drove Lunchbox to Arkansas, to, to search for diamonds, diamonds at the Crater of Diamond State Park, who stayed at the hotel, the crappy hotel, went through all of it. When Lunchbox fell asleep, Abby dug a little bit, and she found some stuff, and she took it to a jeweler. Do we have the audio again, Ray? And if it beeps, it means there was a diamond in the rock. Here we you go. We don't have to play this. So when you mean test it, what does that do? It's like a little machine type thing? Yes, so it'll actually test the heat of the stone. So when it actually beeps, so you'll hear it like if I touch metal with it. So that's not a diamond. Okay. If I touch the rock with it, nothing. I'm going to put it on with these that look like actual diamonds. Wait, I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, my gosh. This is like the moment of truth. Oh, shoot. All right. Okay. So let's see. Here it goes. Nuh-uh. So that one's You're a messing with me. They're both diamonds. No, no, they're not. Because I really was like, no, nah, they look like diamonds, but I didn't think they would actually be diamonds. They are actually diamonds. So she found two small diamonds that they're saying could be between five and $9,000. Now, not a million, Mm-mm. but between five and $9,000 is what we're being told. When are we cashing these in? Scuba Steve, do we know? She's going today after the show to get it checked out and get a final appraisal and hopefully get cash. So we should have an answer tomorrow or Monday. Crazy. I'm going with her. <laughs> Why? I don't think you're going with her. No, I am. Just to what? What? I need to verify and I need to talk to the guy. About what? <laughs> Maybe I'm looking at my rocks. He's going to take no. his rocks back. You threw those in the trash. No, I got some in the other room. You going for a second opinion <laughs> with the same rocks? Yep. <laughs> Do your rocks even look like her no. diamonds? Hey, not all diamonds look the same, right? I don't know. <laughs> Didn't you have yours looked at, though? Yeah, at the park. But, I mean, I mean, some lady in a hat sitting at a table. Like, hey, welcome to the park. You know what I mean? It's like the welcome committee at Disneyland. Like, yeah. they don't know what they're doing. Abby, are you so excited? Yes, like I can't, I still can't believe it. <laughs> How much money do you think you're going to get? 
Uh, I'll say like 9,000. I'm just going to guess. Oh, my gosh. I, that's so weird. If you, you get, if say you, that. If you get a... What? If they give you $1,000. Oh, even $1,000 would be fine. I, well, I still can't. I don't even... 9000 That's a lot. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. So, uh, let's... Like, 2000 I'd be happy with. Okay. All right. We'll find <laughs> out tomorrow, Monday. I mean, you guys know how to make my day so bad. <laughs> we so didn't bad. lose the wheel. Yeah, the wheel did that. Oh. oh. Right there, me again. Like, <laughs> man, it did land on him again. Wow. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. This one definitely deserves to be at number two. We had our iHeart Country Festival, and something went down that everybody online, as soon as our special guest, George Strait, got announced, he started performing, everybody wanted to know how Amy reacted, what happened, what went down. We shared a lot on social media and you talked about it a little bit this week. I want to know this like backstory of George Strait. We've known forever that he's your favorite, right? You've always talked about him and he's always been the one that you love. He's your favorite country artist. Yeah, I think just he's been a big uh, artist in our family. Like we, my dad loved George Strait. My uncle was the manager of his ranch when I was a kid. And my dad's older brother, my uncle Ted. And so as a, when I was 10 years old, I, my dad and I went to go visit my uncle my uncle lived on the ranch. So, you know, I went down there, George was there. I got to meet him. He was down by the, where they rope, like practice roping. I don't know <laughs> what it was, but I remember I was such a dork. I wore, we got up early one morning because George was going to be down there. My uncle's like, I'll take you down there and introduce you. And I put on my George Strait t-shirt to go down there and meet George at like six in the morning roping or whatever. And, uh, you know, then got the, the pictures and took my, my picture of me and my George Strait shirt in front of his big gate with the G and the S the brand. And like, I still, it's a very vivid memory for me. And so it was one of my first concerts as a young kid. Again, my uncle took us. And I think so from then on, he was just special to our family. Like back, 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 back story is that we have we're we're from my dad is from small town, South Texas, Dilly, Texas, shout out. But um, George is from South Texas as well. And we have a we're related by marriage, but like from a marriage from like 1895 or something. Wait, you and George are related yes. by marriage? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, so Harvey Baugh is, so my dad is Harvey Clifton Moffat. That was his name. My dad since passed away. But I believe George is George Harvey Strait. Let me Google that really quick. Um, uh, but just, potentially that Harvey name is what ends up connecting y'all? Yes. So okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So George Strait Wikipedia uh, George Harvey Strait is his name, and my dad is Harvey Clifton Moffat. The Harvey in there is who we are, we share relation to. So that Harvey is on George's side, and he married a Moffat on my side. Um, but again, late 1800s, like <laughs> early 1900s. But my dad, he did pass away recently, and I inherited um, a, an old desk that is basically, yes, from the 1800s. It's like the one thing. I mean, my dad was married four times. You can imagine... Uh, the amount of furniture he's seen in his lifetime, having four different wives and <laughs> different kids and a lot of different houses and stuff. And my dad being the guy, it's not like he kept a bunch of things. Yes. But this was a desk from his childhood that he was given. 
And he kept that desk. Like that is the one thing that stayed with my dad that was super important. There's a um a deer head or a buck, I don't know, head like a mounted <laughs> that my grandpa apparently shot. And my dad had that and this desk. And I I guess because my dad was living in Nashville at the time that he passed away and had just moved in with me. That's maybe why I was the one he was gifting it to. But I have the deer head and I have the desk. And the desk belong to Harvey Ball, which is the wow. guy that George and my dad are both named after. And so it's like, wait, it's such a in the weeds. And I probably only know that because my aunt is in charge of the family tree. Oh, and so she knows everything. She Yes. And my dad's the youngest of a lot of kids, like the youngest of seven. And then even some other adopted kids that are in the mix that came to live with my dad's mom. She kind of brought them in. She was kind of like, people describe her as everybody's mom. And um, so anyway, there's more kids in the mix, but my dad was the youngest. So everybody is older. Like all my, and my dad, my dad had me old. Like I'm the youngest of four and I'm from the third marriage. So my dad was a lot older. And so my aunts and uncles are really old. Well, anyway, my, my dad's sister was very into the family tree and doing it very detailed. This is way before 23andMe or Ancestry.com or she any of that. It like she out. was, yes, like she has a very detailed, like when my dad passed away, they handed out these notebooks that had been put together that has the genealogy. Is that how I, I, think, I think that's how so. you say it? Yeah. Of like my entire family. And um, she's the one that discovered this. It's not like, and it just hap- so happened to be that George Strait got famous and he came from that, that, that line that is, but South Texas, I feel like maybe everybody's related in some way, shape or form. But the fact that, yeah, we have one that gets literally traceable and you see it on the paper, but I've never gotten into that detail with George. I, of course, when I see George, my in with him is because he doesn't necessarily remember me as the kid that met him when I was little. Doesn't yeah. remember that. <laughs> or the Amy from the Bobby Bone show. Cause he doesn't live in Nashville. He probably doesn't listen to the show. He's come on the show. Like there was a time he surprised me in the studio, but do you know how many radio people he's met in his career or cool things that he's done? And, or maybe he remembers, Oh, that girl on the Bobby bone show. I surprised her, which I get, I don't expect him to remember me. I've even met him at a couple of other things. And, but my in with him is always, I I'm Ted Moffat's niece. And then he's like, Oh, and it all clicks for him. (laughs) And then, so that's what happened at iHeart. I had no intention of talking to him because of course he's like this super secret special guest and it's George Strait. He's big time. I don't like bothering anybody. I mean, we see big time people all the time and there's, I'm fine with just letting them pass by and be like, Oh my gosh, there's, you know, Dolly or Reba (laughs) or whatever. And you just let them keep going, but it is George. And I just love him. I, I love him. He's so special to me. And You know, like I said, it was a special song for my family, but even with my dad passing away, what's crazy is we were with my dad by his side when he died and we had taken him off life support. So we knew we didn't know if it would take hours or minutes, but it ended up taking about three minutes. And the last full song that my sister made a playlist, I had 30 songs on the playlist, 30. It was on shuffle. There was no, no planning of this at all whatsoever we weren't we weren't paying attention to what songs were playing like we were laying with our dad it was me and my sister and my half brother my half sister and um we were the only people allowed in the room and you know because it was covid even that was weird they like made special circumstances because they're like okay well yeah your dad's passing away so everyone can come in 
And my dad didn't die of COVID, by the way, just to clarify. I do think he died because of COVID indirectly. COVID led to my dad a premature, like he should, I didn't never see my dad passing away this year. Um, but I think the, all the other things that came with COVID, like the isolation, not getting the proper care that you need led to health problems for my dad. And uh, so we're laying there with him. And the last full song that played was Amarillo by Morning, which is my favorite Garth Brooks. I mean, Garth Brooks. I'm thinking of Garth Brooks because I'm about to take Stashira to see Garth Brooks. <laughs> um, it's my favorite George Strait song ever. Like even my dad, like I've two stepped with him to that like a million times. My sister, like we just love it. And of course, we're laying there holding my dad's hand, knowing that any minute he could be taking his final breath. And that song comes comes on. It's got that intro that's so distinct. And it's we just all start bawling, crying because we can't believe it. And then the song finishes and we're like, we don't know. Is he still what's happening? Like, is he still we figured the doctor would come in like we didn't know. And then Dolly uh, came on next with um, for King and Country. Um, I think their song is called There Was Jesus. Uh, and that song didn't even make it. It made it through like the first verse. And then Dolly literally said, you know, I'm not trying to be, people have moments when people die. Right. And it's just, but it was, this was our story and it is interesting to see how it played out. But Dolly literally sang in the song she's like, and there was Jesus. And I kid you not. After that, the doctor came in to let us know that my dad had taken his final breath and it was crazy. So for us, that Amarillo by Morning song, I thought, oh, no, now I'm forever going to have these heavy emotions of my dad dying. And I thought maybe the song was ruined for me, not in a not ruined, ruined in a no, bad but way, but like emotionally, like my favorite song that brought me so much joy was now going to bring me so much pain. And for about a month or two, I was very concerned about that because again, when it's your favorite song, you don't want to feel pain. Yeah. You want to feel joy. And so I'm happy to report that I feel joy with that song, like nothing but joy. And I think of two-stepping with my dad and I think about my dad, you know, my sister even said it best. She was like, he, he two-stepped his way into heaven and to Amarillo by morning. Cause again, that was the last full song he heard. And then the song that shuffled after that was too perfect with Dolly talking about, you know, meeting Jesus and it was very cool. So having George show up and then he played, he only played two songs at iHeart um, country fest, which was um, the way to the badge, which mm -hmm. is his new song honoring uh, first responders. And then Amarillo by morning. I mean, he could have done any song, any song. And I'm, and also I was hosting live by live backstage with lunchbox, the live stream. And they were saying, we need you, Amy. And I'm like, but you don't understand. And I'm trying, I'm sitting there and I'm filming and I only got to film about half of it. I only heard half the song. Cause then I had to run and go do my job. So I get backstage and I'm prepared to do that while George is finishing Amarillo by morning. And we were all like wondering, is he going to sing another one? Just because the crowd was going crazy. And we thought maybe he will, maybe he will. But then he didn't. The stage started spinning around and there George came. It was almost like he was spun around to me. It was like this gift that just the stage just. 
and Lunchbox, he goes up to everybody. So he's like, Amy, you have to go up to him. Amy, you have to. I'm going to get my camera. You have to. And I'm like, no, I can't. This is so awkward. He's like, Amy, you have to. So I credit Lunchbox because I probably wouldn't have done it. But again, it was Lunchbox and it was George Strait. So I just, he was right there. And so I just was like, George. And I patted him on the shoulder, which normally I don't recommend touching people. I shouldn't have touched him. I should have, but it was so loud and it was dark. And he was there with his wife and like somebody else, maybe his manager, I don't know. And, or, and he just, so that's what I said. I made me from the Bobby Bone show and that didn't work. So then I said, I'm Ted Moffat's niece. And he was like, Amy. And so then he's well, like, that makes sense too. why he assumed you knew his wife, because probably in those times being his niece, Ted's yeah. niece, that he thought you would have met his wife. I know. I love that George thought we were on that level because, yeah, he turned to Norma and he said, well, Amy, you've met Norma, haven't you? And I was like, no, George, I haven't. And he said, huh, I thought you would have met Norma. And I'm like, nope. Hi, Norma. And then I give her a little side hug. And then, but we didn't pose for a picture. I didn't, I didn't even have, I don't know. I didn't feel like it would have been right to be like, can we take a picture? So I didn't, but Lunchbox was standing there like paparazziing <laughs> us, but he got like two shots and one of them, George is blurry, but it's still fine. Cause it's, it's still it's the a moment perfect that got picture. Captured. And then the next picture that Lunchbox got, I'm staring at George and it looks like I'm in a trance. George is <laughs> We're just, I don't know. He's looking at me. We're clearly mid conversation, but I look like I'm in a complete trance, which is fitting as well. And then Norma's right there as well. I mean, just hearing all of this though, like, sorry, that was a really long story. No, but even, even the, gosh, the, the fact that the, the events that you've recently lost your dad and he's the one that was the surprise guest in the song he plays is Amarillo by morning. Yeah. I, um, everything I posted, I was tagging my sister because I knew, and my, I, I told my sister, you need to listen. George Ray is going to be the, the, the guest. So she turned on iHeartRadio. She was listening on the radio. No. She wasn't streaming it to watch. Like she was experiencing it. Like how iHeart intended for this festival to be delivered to the world, which is through the radio. Yeah. No matter where you are, you turn on, you get in your car, you turn it on and you're listening to all these epic live performances and of course she got super emotional and, um, thought it was, you know, uh, really, really cool. And I kept tagging her cause she was just as excited. She, and she, normally she comes to iHeart country cause it's in Austin and that's where we're from born and raised. So she texts me after that. She goes, I'm never missing another iHeart festival ever again. I can't believe I'm not there this year. So, um, I just pulled up the Harvey ball guy just to, you know, for the sake of this, but his name I think it's James Harvey Baugh and Baugh as in like B-A-U-G-H. And let me go back real quick. This is stuff people are like tuning out now because they do not care. But I'm like, no, I I think it's so interesting. Just your and that's why I wanted to hear your connection with George, because I think it's so much deeper than people realize. Yes. Like I have I feel a strong connection. So uh, James Harvey Baugh lived from 1884 to oh 1947 God. and he married Rosa Moffitt which that's my my family name is Moffitt of Dilly Texas on December 2nd 1917 wow. so somewhere in there and he he was in the uh Texas Senate and was a 
uh, third court of civil appears, appeals, excuse me. So anyway, deal. I figure, I don't know, I have this desk and it seems like big things were popping at this desk that I have. Like I can only imagine what kind of work was being done there and I feel honored to be the recipient of does, such an antique. Where does the desk sit in your house? Do you use it or is it kind of on its own and not well, touched? I haven't done much with some of my dad's stuff. I don't use it. It's wobbly. I actually had to have someone like fix one of the legs on it because it's very fragile. It's super cute though. It kind of folds down. It's this, it looks like it's just a little cabinet thing, but then you fold this down and there's a leather tabletop where I picture, you know, him writing with like ink and a one of those feather pins? Yeah, like a feather pin yeah. or something. <laughs> yes. So uh, I I haven't I, I have it upstairs like um, in a little nook area where I think it fits perfectly. Um, I had had it downstairs. Some things were too hard for me immediately after my dad died, where I felt like I needed to completely just do an overhaul and get some things out. But I do think it's found a home upstairs where it looks good, and um, I'll keep it obviously forever and maybe hand it down to my kids. And one day they'll be like, this belonged to da 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 in the 1800s. And people are gonna be like, who? <laughs> no, I, I think it's cool too, because it's a forever connection to your dad and your family. It's also a forever connection for you to George Strait. Like that, that there's two very important connections to you with that desk, which I think is so cool. Yeah. So, so thank you for everyone, <laughs> everyone for, if you're still listening, listening to this very long George Strait story. <laughs> Do you think you will ever feel this way about another celebrity? No, it will just be him. Mm -hmm. I feel like celebrities in general, the whole vibe is just different. I don't even know that kids will feel this way about people when they grow up. I don't know if there's someone that's like, oh my gosh, I've been a maybe our age, like you're in your late twenties, but it's like, I don't know that my daughter will ever feel a connection with a celebrity, um, 30 years from now and be like, oh my gosh, I've been this fan of you since I was 10 or such a big fan of you since I was 10. I don't know. Cause fame is so relative now. Mm -hmm. So many people can be famous for so many different reasons. And we have no clue who they are. Like when we were well, growing up, fame was still like a, if you were famous, you're famous and everybody knew you're famous. Yes. And now it's like, I was presenting at iHeartCountry Fest with some Asher Angel kid who's 19 and has like almost 5 million followers on Instagram. And he's some Disney actor. I have no idea who he is. And he's big, but like he's famous in mm -hmm. his world. But like, I don't know who that is. We had on that, a TikTok person the other day. I don't know who she is, but she has 5 million followers and she's super famous. And uh, well, I think too, like with social media, it made them more accessible, right? So like yeah. before you could only see them in magazines or on the TV or maybe hear them on the radio. Right. And now if you wanted to, you could technically message yeah. them and maybe talk to them. Depending on what you're into that, whatever, there is a famous person that reps you, which yeah. is cool because some people probably didn't feel represented or they didn't feel like, they were seen or they had someone they could relate to. And now there's so much out there. I mean, my brother, he was like 55, my dad's first child. And he is very into computers and kind of a nerd. Grew up in South, in uh, West Texas in a very small town. Didn't get into the, you know, uh, FFA like some of my other family members. Like he always felt like this oddball out because he was into Dungeons and Dragons and wanted to do all this other stuff, theater. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you don't understand. Like when I was a kid, we didn't have the internet. I had nobody to connect with. I thought I was a weirdo. I thought I was the only person in the world that was like that. And it was very isolating. He's like, once I got a computer and I figured out the internet and I was, this whole world was opened up to me. He's like, it's the internet's the most amazing gift 
I mean, he, he even works in tech, so he's very obviously into this, but he was talking about how his experience as a kid versus kids now and how there's groups and, you know, uh, special things for everything. Like if you like this one niche thing that like doesn't seem popular in your town or whatever, it's okay. You're not alone. Like you can find a club or a group or an organization yes. on, well, I know Facebook is a dark place, but like insert oh, whatever, can, like you can connect with other people and search things up and realize like, oh, I'm not a weirdo. There's other kids that are into Dungeons and Dragons and there's other kids that are into theater. I'm not the only one that doesn't want to raise lambs and show them on the weekend. You yes. Know? I feel like it definitely opened up the opportunities to feel included for small town kids for sure. Yeah. And so now city, there, you, there's a lot happening in cities, right? Like you can kind of find a way to connect with that, but small town growing up in Texas, I grew up in Kansas, like it's small town. You're not, if you don't like the same thing everybody likes there, then you are out of place, even though that's not really true. In, in the grand scheme of things. Right. And so I love feel. that. Yeah. And so now fame is like, well, if people are into that and they decide to make someone famous for that specific thing, again, there's just so many different ways to be famous. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever feel about anybody the way I feel about George. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I figured not, but I had to ask just in case. So I'm so glad you shared that with us and you guys can hear Right now, Amy kind of recalling her interaction with George Strait, but I encourage you to go on bobbybones.com. There's an article with a video of Amy backstage right after this happened, and she was sharing the story, and it's really, really oh, sweet. Oh, I went to the broadcast room, and yeah. I could barely contain my excitement. So, yeah, sorry for that. But also, I feel like, yes, even listening back to the segment, it might be some of the same story, but we just went a little deeper here. Yes, okay. but the backstage <laughs> moment, you get to see her right after it happened, and, happened, and she's totally fangirling. Yeah, I was fangirling. like sweating. <laughs> And so excited. So, yeah, it's amazing. So listen to this right now, but then go watch that video at bobbybones.com. Number two. Thanks for all the messages for everybody who watched our iHeart Country Festival live. What a great show. I'll tell you, George Strait was the guest that we didn't mention because it was a surprise. But what happened was there's this massive stage that we have and the stage flips around. That way, there's never a long wait between artists. So, for example, Toby Keith goes on. When he finishes, that stage goes, whoop, flips around, Little Big Town performs. There's not a big set change. With that being said, there's a little spot on each side where you can see inside, like uh, around the stage. And George Strait, his character looks like George Strait. Yeah, you can't yeah, miss it. Yeah, it's like totally Cowboy him. hat. Yeah. And so as he's walking up from backstage to surprise everyone, you hear a part of the crowd go, ah! And so everyone's like, what's happening? Unless you saw it. And so it was a little bit of a, you know, surprise spoiler. My recommendation to put him like in a big mouse outfit and oh. like like uh, oh. take, like Lee Corso <laughs> at the end of College Game Day, then take the head off and it's short straight. They didn't like that idea, but George Strait came out and it was awesome. Um, it started Maddie and Tay, and one of Maddie and Tay's from Texas, one's from Oklahoma. Parker McCollum, also Texas. They're playing a George Strait song each, and then they introduce George Strait. And I'm telling you, that crowd, boo, it, it was like, for any wrestling fans, it's like when you hear The Rock's music, and there's that pop, like it comes on, ah, is wild. And then George Strait came out and crushed. But here is Parker McCollum introducing the special guest. Hey, when I was a when I was a little kid growing up, I was real blessed, and my family loved country music, real country music. And... Uh, 
There was nobody in our house that was held uh, in a higher regard than this artist coming up next. I have my I have my first number one single back in December, and uh, and they said, "How do you feel about that?" I said, "Well, I'm only 60 behind this man." 60 number ones behind this man coming up right now. iHeart Festival, will y'all please make some noise for my idol, the king of country music, Mr. George Strait. And so he came out. I mean, amazing. Goosebumps now. He played Way to the Badge, the new song, and then he played Amarillo by Morning. Here's a clip of a little Amarillo by Morning he played. Amarillo by Morning so it was great. Every artist had come from backstage to watch George Strait. Like, that's the kind of environment it was where everybody was like, well, we don't care if we've already played or we got to play two hours from now. We're going to go out and watch George Strait. So it's awesome. Amy ran into him backstage and met him. Yes. Yeah, so it, ha- halfway through Amarillo by morning, I got pulled because Lunchbox and I were hosting the live by live stream. So I was like, oh, shoot, I have to go. And I was so bummed. But I was like, whatever. It is what it is. So I go back there and they hand us our mics. And then George finishes and the stage, like you said, it spins around. And here he comes. And you could tell he's in a good mood because he was the stage was spinning and he was kind of like shaking his shoulders. And I was like, oh, good mood, George. Look at that. <laughs> and I don't like to go up to anybody. Of course, Lunchbox does. So he's like, Amy, just do it. He's right there. Just say hi. So I went and I just put my hand on his shoulder and I just said, excuse me, George. And he turned around and I I said, that was amazing. So awesome. And then I said, I'm Amy from the Bobby Bone Show. That didn't get me very far because obviously it had been years since he had been in here. But then I said, I'm Ted Moffat's niece and my uncle worked for him and managed his ranch for like, I don't know, 30 years or something. So then he was like, Amy. And then the rest is history. And he was like, you know, my, you know, Amy. Well, he was like, you, you, Amy, you've met my wife, Norma. I was like, no, George, I haven't. And I said, hey, Norma, but thank you for thinking we're on that level. And we shook hands and I was in a trance, but it was amazing. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. This definitely had to come into the number one spot. You know why? Because Abby got her findings from the creator of Diamond State Park appraised. And I'm just going to tell y'all, you want to hear this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you want to hear this? My mind is blown. It is huge. I'm telling y'all, this is something you cannot miss or you're going to be out of loop and you're just going to be like, what happened? So listen to this right now. I'm not going to give any more away. Abby, you know, maybe she leaves the show after this. I don't know. We'll see. Number one. So they go on this trip a couple months ago, Lunchbox and Abby. They go to the Crater of Diamonds State Park in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. We read news stories all the time about how people are finding diamonds just laying in the field worth millions of dollars. Uh. Heck, like two days after he came back, there was another story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not, not from him, though. Not from me. So while Lunchbox was taking a nap in the field. <laughs> I did take a 30. I told Abby, hey, give me 30 minutes. She didn't tell me she was going to go digging. She said she was going to get some water. She went and searched for herself in that half an hour. Uh, she came back with some rocks. We've held this segment for a whole month until you got back. Are you ready to hear what, what happened? 
Abby, I am going to be very upset at you. Like, you think I'm mean now? Just wait if you you fail. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay, now I I am nervous. (laughs) She took her rocks to a jewelry store to have an expert check them out who specializes in this. Here is the first clip. I found some rocks, like colorful type rocks, but in this small bag, it looks like diamonds. What I think actually could be diamonds. Some of these are just rocks. I just picked them up outside when you ah. walked in here. Oh, but what? <laughs> I didn't. Um, however, those look like diamonds. Judging by the color of them, they definitely look like diamonds. If you want, we can actually test them. Really? Okay. That took a turn. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. He, so thought, they, he thought she picked some up out of the parking lot. He goes, oh, those look like the ones out in the parking lot. That's funny. <laughs> I don't like the end of that clip. Here is the next clip. Ugh. So when you mean test it, what does that do? It's like a little machine type thing? Yes, so it'll actually test the heat of the stone. So when it actually beeps, so you'll hear it like if I touch metal with it. Uh-huh. So that's not a diamond. Okay. If I touch the rock with it, nothing. I'm going to put it on with these that look like actual diamonds. Wait, I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, my gosh. This is like the moment of truth. Oh, shoot. All right. Okay. So let's see. Here it goes. Nuh-uh. That You're messing with me. What? What? It's a diamond. <laughs> no way. Diamonds. No, no, they're not. Because I really was like, yeah, they look like diamonds, but I didn't think they would actually be diamonds. They are actually diamonds. What? <laughs> there is no way. Oh my There's goodness. no way. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So here, you have got to be kidding! Like this is the wor- oh this is so stupid. This is so stupid. This like all she did was complain for. about this trip the whole time about how she didn't want to go, she didn't want to drive. I did not complain. Excuse me. I, yeah, you didn't complain. Oh yeah, my no. gosh! I did not complain. He's adding that in. Here are the next steps and what this all means. Go ahead. From first glance, before we weigh it, I mean probably eight, nine thousand dollars. So we can. <laughs> Weigh it and see what it actually weighs. Weighing them, they actually 1.13 carats total. Is that good? No, that is not true. There is no reason. Okay. Um. She has. Five so like, how do I go about selling? Wait, do you buy it now? You're like, what happens? We can. So what do no you do? Way. Can you like set that in a ring or like? We can set that, or we actually have um, diamond cutters that would oh. cut it and make it into what you see in engagement ring or. Pendants and stuff like that, yeah. Like I said, if we were to sell them, about right over ten thousand dollars. Stop! Oh my God. No! 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 I can't hear the clip. You're yelling no. I thought the clip was over. We needed to stop the clip a long time ago when he said nine thousand dollars. I just, I can't. It's real. Wow. I, like I can't. I still can't believe it's real. So what are you insane. going to do? <laughs> You're gonna give me fifty percent. First of all, that's not part of it. You're not. Why that's would you? Not. Do you were going to give the her fifty percent. Yeah, because I'm the only reason she was there. Okay, but you, you understand you wouldn't that, have right? got there had she not driven. You didn't have you a driver's have a license. license. I would have driven illegally. I am worried about that. <laughs> you guys think, oh, okay, I, you're I, not I, getting any other percentage. That, so, Abby, what do you do next? Um, okay, they're sitting in my safe at home, actually. You have a so, safe? I do. She does now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she spent $9,000 on it. Okay. Are you, I'm, I'm debating. I'm like, do I take the money or do I make earrings? Like, what do I do? I mean, I'm probably... St- I, I would take it in and see yeah. how much they'll pay you for it and just uh-huh. take the money and run. Okay. That's what I okay. would do. I, I wouldn't mean, worry about any earrings. Would yeah, you buy $10,000 earrings yourself? No. No. Well, what she never. could do, though, is ca- you could cash in most of them. And if you want to keep one of the diamonds or whatever That's that true. you could do something with, have them cut it and make it pretty. And then you always have something to remember this moment by. Yes. Hey, I'd remember it with cold, hard cash. I'll be honest with you. That's what I'm going to remember it with. Honey. I, I, yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Abby, where in proximity to Lunchbox and where he was digging, like, how did you end up with these diamonds and he did not? (laughs) I think he even said he went in there. He must have not gone long. I went in this little tunnel, which is where kind of water goes through. Uh Uh-huh. And I that's the tunnel I told you. When we, right when we got there and those people were in the tunnel, that's where you got them? Yes. You took I don't a know nap. why you didn't think they were I went there. to sleep. Yeah, no, you no. lose, Here's dude. the thing. I've been digging for hours. <laughs> she just been chilling on her phone playing, you know, Candy She's Crush. She's taking video. <laughs> Abby, look at, you. Wow. look at you. Wow. Look at you. I'm rich. <laughs> I'm rich. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. All right, y'all, that's it for us. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. If you listened to the whole thing, we shared so many stories. We got a little emotional. We dove deep into some things. We even heard about Amy's so legitimate connection to George Strait. Just a lot that happened. So, Amy, thanks for hanging out with me and joining me. Well, thanks for having me. It was so fun. Tell everybody where they can find you, hear you, all the things. I am Radio Amy on Instagram and Twitter. So I probably spend more time on Instagram. I haven't been to Twitter <laughs> in a minute. Although it used to be my favorite. Uh, but now, and on TikTok, I'm Radio Amy. And of. Facebook, you have a Facebook page? Oh yeah, Facebook, I'm Amy Brown. Yep. So you can find me there. And then speaking of Amy Brown, which is my full name, uh, my podcast is Four Things with Amy Brown. And I have, this is the Saturday, on next Thursday, November 11th, I have my gift guide episode going up, which is always my most popular episode and we've got some fun giveaways like we're giving away um, a round trip flight what and then I've got a Walker Hayes fancy like package and a skincare giveaway Mary our friend Mary will be joining me um, she's my Espoir business partner and has the shop forward and so of course we have things we've designed that we're going to be talking about but we also talk about random other gifts that we just think are cool so if you're looking for things to buy people the gift guide episode is going to be fun to get ideas but also fun because we're doing some really cool giveaways in the process so you'll have to listen to that episode to find out and then I also co-host a podcast on Saturdays called Outweigh um, which is uh, for anyone struggling with disordered eating or eating disorders or body image issues I co-host it with a registered dietitian that specializes in um, that part that world and uh, it's we called it Outweigh because a life without disordered eating outweighs everything and now that I'm in recovery, I can truly say that it does outweigh everything. And really, we do that just like quick 15, 20 minute episodes every Saturday. So again, like you and I've talked about, people don't feel alone. Whatever it is that you're going through, sometimes you feel isolated and like, I'm the only person that feels this way or why do I keep doing this to myself? And it's like, OK, you're not alone and there is hope. So we share a lot of stories of recovery and things you can do to help get there that were or tools you can use to help get you there and then hopefully just be an encouragement in that way. So that's where you can listen to me. And then obviously on the Bobby Bone Show. <laughs> I love that. And they can find both those podcasts anywhere they listen. Yeah. Just search four things with Amy Brown or Outweigh. Um, just type it in on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. And I am at WebGirlMorgan on all of the things. I'm just TikToking away over here. And of course, make sure you follow the Bobby Bone Show at Bobby Bone Show on all of our social media. And the website is BobbyBones.com. Thanks, y'all. I love you. Have a great weekend. This is a Bobby Bones show. Bobby Bones.